0: Hello and welcome to Clappercast, your weekly discussion of all things cinema and Disney Plus original series, maybe. We'll get into it. I'm your host, Carson Tamar, and today on a special Disney Plus episode of the podcast, I'm once again joined by Alina Falds and Paul. Wait, no, we have actually special guests this week. We have different guests. Wow. We have Yaka Flash. Hello. Kyle Gaffney. Well, it's been a while, but hi. And Alexander Holmes. Hi there. So today, like I said, yeah, we're jumping over to Disney Plus. load up your favorite Mickey Mouse uh, streaming service, which is increasing in price. Also, logged in today just to, like, Grasling, and it's increasing in price. Who could have seen that one coming? We are talking about the newest princess film, Raya and the Last Dragon, as well as everyone's favorite series, uh, the first Marvel Disney Plus series, WandaVision. But first, let's get through Raya and the Last Dragon. Let's catch you up. My name is Raya. Our lands have been at war for as long as we can remember. Our people never see eye to eye.
1: My daughter, I believe our people can come together again. But someone has to take the first step.
0: Now, in order to restore peace, we must find the last dragon.
1: I wish
2: to join this fellowship of but kickery. Ta-da!
0: Let's go. We'll have to watch our backs. We're not the only ones looking. Six years of searching. Please let this be it. <gasps> mighty Sisu. <gasps> Who said that? We really need your help.
3: Ah, I'm gonna be real with you. I'm not like the best.
0: Long ago in the fancy world of Kumandra, humans and dragons lived together in harmony, but when an evil force threatened the land, the dragons sacrificed themselves to save humanity. Now, 500 years later, the same evil has returned and it's up to a lone warrior named Raya to track down the legendary last dragon and restore the fractured land and its divided people. Uh, I might as well start us off here because I was really excited for Raya for some reason. Disney Sense Tangled, and you can argue about like, the individual quality of these films. I think as far as like the Disney original animated films have been pretty good. Frozen two specifically maybe not so much but like I really enjoy the Ralph films really enjoy obviously Zootopia Moana uh, they've had some really you know good films in the in this you know decade um, so Ryan the last dragon I had faith not just because of that but also because it was Carl uh, Carlos Lopez Estrada directing it as a co director he did Blind Spotting which is my number two film of the 2010s. I think that's a masterpiece. He did Summertime last year, which is a fine follow up, nothing incredible, but it was good. Um, and what I got here, I felt was completely average. Um, I think I, I was at no point saying this is offensively bad, but at no point do I think this is really anything that special. Um, it feels pretty cookie cutter. You have this plot where you have these characters, uh, they're going in, they have to find all these different items. You have some really obvious betrayals and messages, and you know it's nothing horrible, but it's nothing great either. My biggest complaint is really Aquafina. I think she is incredibly miscast here. Um, She just, every voice is good in the film except for her. It's not even that she's like bad, but she just constantly stuck out and I never could like believe it was her character. I always just heard Aquafina. I felt she was really distracting. and also, the animation didn't do a lot for me. Uh, we talked about this with Soul, where you know you're only going to be impressive when you're capturing the real world in animation and trying to make it really realistic. Um, you know, you're only either there's a ceiling that Disney is about to hit because you can't go obviously past reality unless you want to get stylized. Um, and I don't think the animation here is particularly good. I felt the character animation felt really weak a lot of the time and very distracting. Um I mean it, again it was nothing offensively bad but this didn't do a lot for me.
1: I should probably say did say it this way. I didn't re. Really, I wasn't really gunning to see it. I wasn't really okay. I I watch films made by Disney spe- specifically in the role of a parent because I have a 7-year-old child um who's well a 7-year-old girl who loves that kind of shit so so when I go to see Frozen 2 in the cinema, I have a child with me. So I, I, don't, really, I, I don't really look at th- these things as entertainment for me. I look at them as entertainment for some somebody else. Um, and I'm trying to kind of filter this through how will this affect a, a young mind and will this be a good sort of uh, piece of entertainment entertainment for them. Granted, there are certain things in Disney films specifically that are kind of I don't want to say that they rub me in the wrong way, but they kind of do. And it well, historically they have done, but now um, they're kind of moving past this. So I'll, I'll touch on this hopefully a little bit later, but in terms of general impressions, for me, I just, I, I spent like an hour and 52 minutes, more or less okay. Animation style is what it is. I think this is pretty much stock Disney at this point. Uh, I, what I will say that the, I, I really like, um, how? Okay. Well, I don't want to say I, I really like this because normally this is this is where I have problems with Disney because I have a thing that they they always have ulterior motives because they they, they only want to project a certain image so that they can sell me their products. So they will um, do certain things that are quote unquote politically correct or or um, for for lack of a better word, word, they want to be they want to be seen as this sort of the woke corporation even though they're still a bunch of billionaires who only care about the bottom line. However, I do appreciate the, the change of scenery, uh, at least as far as animation is concerned, where on top of the um, content for children in this sort of, in, in the film, as in uh, an archetypal sort of, sort of, Hero's journey with its teaching a child about being a hero, being or trusting someone, or like fundamental values that are us- they're usually kind of you know good to have. Um, it's um it's always had well, animated films specifically like Pixar and DreamWorks. They usually had the sort of underlying sort of like um, peppered innuendos everywhere so that the parent in the room wouldn't get bored. Disney doesn't really do that anymore. What they do instead instead of these sort of, uh, I don't know, say sexually charged jokes that will just fly right over kids' heads um, that say like Shrek would do or something like this or pop cultural references. They don't do that anymore. What they do is just they inject a little bit of politics in there, which is okay, we can take it or leave it. However, there's one interesting byproduct, at least as far as this film's concerned is if you look at the cast, if you look at the crew, quite a lot of sort of ethnic diversity in there. And I think this, okay, I don't even want want to get into why they're doing this, but at least the, the idea alone of of hiring two uh, writers who are one's of Malaysian origin, the other one's Vietnamese, uh, a hiring uh, director who's also of ethnic origin, hiring an an entirely ethnic cast. I think it's something that people have been pining for, people have been asking for for a very very long time, and now now it's happening. So. You know, you can, take, you, you can take the story or leave it, but at least this is an opportunity, I don't want to say for a representation, but at least for active inclusion for certain people. And I think on this level, Raya is a great sort of example of going the right direction, at least in my mind. Now, as an adult, I, well, I know, and you know, I know what I took away from this film for children. Um, I'd say at least, I mean, um, Later on, I can I can I, I can play a little clip because I I did record um, a little bit of an interview with my own daughter to actually share her thoughts on this. Um, I'd say yeah, it's it's stock Disney and stock Disney has always been at least good. So yeah, so these are my sort of opening thoughts. So yeah, Rhea is not the best. It it's not Frozen and Frozen too. I actually, liked even more. But you know, like we can get to this later if you want to. But um, yeah. It's, it's very difficult to hate this, and then and um, yeah, but you know, D- Disney has a very specific appeal, and then you know, and they know what they're doing. And yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat with the fact that I would never have probably
2: seeked this out um, if we weren't talking about it in the podcast, which is strange because usually I do check out the the yearly Disney release or sometimes couple a year. Um, but for me, the kind of Disney original animated films haven't really struck me well since Zootopia and Moana. Um, I enjoyed Fro- the first Frozen. I really wasn't a fan of the second Frozen personally. Or Wreck-It Ralph 2 So I was hoping this would maybe be a kind of cliche as it is, like a return to form, despite not having any interest in watching it. And c- what you were saying, it was refreshing to see these different locales and getting a you know a, a different cast from what we're used to. You know, it's not Tom Holland and whoever else showing up in onward and just the same shit over and over again. In that respect, but uh, what is the same shit is the although the animation is it's weird to say because, like, you are right. This is stock Disney, but then stock Disney is also pretty beautiful in terms of the quality. But you do expect that at this point because they're such a big company. But even going off that, there there are moments in the film where the animation style does the kind of changes style for a couple moments. And at least when I'm sitting there, I'm like, why didn't why can't Disney? I know, but well, I know why they can't because they're too scared to because they think the film will just bomb. Can they just commit to a different style for once just to try it? Like rather than having they did it in Moana as well. It's like oh we're gonna give you little snippets of what we could have animated this film like, but no here's just what you're you know what you're used to. And then going off that as well like wait we're saying it's it's great to have this whether it's representation or inclusion in the cast and getting these different locations and getting these different like um just different perspectives of stories. But then everyone in the film looks like fucking Elsa. The dragon looks like elsa it's that disney face over and over again like you see on the cause i hadn't seen any of the none of the trailers none of the posters i kind of knew the general premise and when that dragon showed up and it was just elsa as a dragon I was like, oh my god we're doing this again and uh yeah like, like carson said uh, aquafina is i don't know if it's her i don't know if it's the writing she is far and beyond the worst part of this film it is excruciating it was excruciating to get through once she showed up up to that point i was kind of into it especially when it kind of it, it does the kind of time jump and it's like oh my god it's good like mad max it's just raya in the desert and there's the dead people I was like, oh yeah and then she shows up and she, she's she's doing the it's weird because she's doing the kind of mushu the genie thing that we're used to in disney films you know she tells a joke so it's like that doesn't make sense because you're kind of you know you're saying terms that like we would say that the kids find cool but everything she says just doesn't land, and it doesn't hit, and it just constantly detracts from it for me, and I don't know, I, I, that's why I'm confused, because like, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Mulan, personally, the original, but i would never found Mushu excruciating, you know, only really annoying, I know some people do, same with the genie, I never found genie annoying, but in this, it, again, it's just everything throughout it, so that to us, I think that dragged down the film more than anything for me, and it made the the last I guess the first 15 minutes I was kind of into I was into the premise I was into okay It's so, you know we know you know where the story's going as soon as it begins probably from minute two once there's like here's your exposition dump this means this this means this oh so we can't let that go is it okay you know this is going and then just after the time jump from her hopping in it's like a downward spiral into wanting the film to end immediately and it just kept going on and on and on which is a shame because I think the other supporting characters they're not anything special but they're all right none of them are particularly annoying you know there's some oh, there's a boss baby shows up so okay it's the boss baby um you know stuff like that but you know I wouldn't go on too much because I'll end up just in a rant but that, that's kind of my initial thoughts just very dull uh from kind of 20, first 20 minutes I was engaged and then it just got increasingly duller and duller as it went on for me.
3: So I, I actually saw this in theaters because I didn't want to pay the, the $30 on Disney Plus it's cheaper to go to the theater I thought might as well uh, there weren't too many people so don't worry it wasn't you know too unsafe I'd say but there was a short they played you know before the movie it's called Us Again um, it was sort of reminded me of Up a little bit the beginning of Up and actually that short I, I said in my head I was like this short is amazing and it's going to be better than the movie. And it turns out it was. <laughs> I, I guess I got spoiled by that short and so Raya the entire movie I was just a little bit underwhelmed and I, I wanted that short extended. Um, I think I also was spoiled by Soul I think because Soul was one of my favorite, actually my favorite movie of, of last year and the message in that movie was so unique and and uh, really connected with me but this one in Raya the message is so bland. Um, like Carson was saying it's just very um, cookie cutter, you know, like I've I've seen this message before a million times that everyone should work together. I mean, um, quite bland, and there is some political subtext, I guess, like Jakob was saying, um, but it's just not very well executed. I would say um, everything just feels recycled, and and the plot kind of feels stitched together from a bunch of different things that you've seen before. Um, I did like the locale, the how that was different. That did feel like unique, and and I actually I think I enjoy the animation style a little, a little bit more than you guys, but. Compared to Soul also just going on with those comparisons, it also was underwhelming in that sense. Um, I'll agree with yeah the Aquafina thing. I didn't. I don't think she was excruciating, um, like Kyle was saying, but uh, I do think she was a little bit jarring. And and every time her character showed up, I was just kind of shocked that they kind of went on with it. Like it seemed like it could have been this joke at the beginning, where like the dragon is supposed to be, you know, this almighty wise creature. And then she just like cracks jokes, but they kind of didn't commit to that. It was kind of weird. It didn't, they didn't like play it off as a joke. Um, yeah. There were a lot of, of the dialogue in general was kind of uh cliched. Like there's this line, you know, I'm going to enjoy this uh, where one of the villains says that. And that was, I made like a short film with, one my, with some of my friends a couple of years ago and we had a line like that in our movie and it, it was pretty, I thought it was pretty dumb. And then, Um, I did like uh, James Newton Howard's score, though. I thought that was, you know, nothing special, but usual uh, Disney usually has pretty solid scores, I would say. And that was um, was quite moving at times. And also the voice cast was besides Awkwafina, I think was pretty good. I really enjoyed Benedict Wong's character. I I mean, again, he's definitely a character you've seen before in other Disney movies, Um, but I think he did a really good job. Um, also, yeah, some of those, those other supporting characters, like the Boone character, I thought was was good. Not anything unique, but uh, he worked well. Um, Kelly, Kelly Marie Tran was also pretty good, I would say, as Raya. Um, Daniel Day Kim as her father. They were all just solid all around, I would say. But yeah, there's just nothing that really stuck out to me. It's pretty forgettable. Um, yeah, not not much else to talk about, honestly. I, those are kind of my basic thoughts on it.
0: I think it is curious just how like forgettable and bland this feels considering it is like, it should be a pretty big deal, you know, like not you can put, you know, how much weight you want into it. Like this is a new Disney princess. This is supposed to be like a big deal. And I really think Disney dropped the ball when it came to marketing and stuff, considering I think no one knew this was coming out, uh, which the box office totals is definitely reflecting that because it's doing quite poorly um, even compared to something like Tom and Jerry, for example. But I, I, I think there's just something so I don't know if it's because the Disney formula at this point, we're so used to it, or if it's just that this film really drops the ball with it, but there's just something about the story that I agree with Kyle, it just felt so boring and so hard to sit through. Um, Or maybe it's just because I was watching it from home and it doesn't translate as well as it did on the big screen. But I feel like with Disney movies, these big movies become like cultural moments. Inside Out was a cultural moment. Even like Soul, it was a cultural moment. And this just like water on the bridge no one cares like it's done like it moved on no one cares and I think that's really sad in a way but also just really like eh. but also like it is sad because like Jacob said this is a really interesting celebration diversity from Disney one of the most morally corrupt and like disgusting studios in the world so like this is them doing something decently at least on face value good I know there's been a lot of discussion and controversy around like specifics of their representation. I'm not qualified to speak on any of that. So I recommend you go find the brilliant writing of a lot of other people uh, who know what they're talking about and have a personal connection. But like on face value, it seems like this is a good source of representation. Um, So just to see it kind of be buried kind of immediately is pretty sad, I would say.
1: I don't necessarily agree that this is going to be buried. I think it's, I mean, the examples you've quoted, say, Soul or Inside Out. These are Pixar films. And Pixar has an MO of targeting general audiences. Like, right? they target everybody. So, and specifically, say, Soul, um, this will be a topic of, a, of an article that I'm, I, promise, I promise myself I'll finish. But this is a f- film aimed at middle-aged people. Not at kids. I think this is aimed at middle-aged people who have young kids who will who have be, will be occupied by the little ghost thing going on on the screen. But it has a message directed at them. Now, by the same token, films like Moana, Frozen, Frozen Two—they've made billions and billions of dollars. Like Frozen Two, I think it's—I don't—I don't, I don't want to step out of line, but I think it's like the highest-grossing animated film period, right? And then if you, if you factor in the merchandise, they peddle alongside of it. These are massive cash cows, whether you like it or not. And Raya would, wouldn't be any different. It's just it's marketed towards a specific demographic. So I might as well just um, uh, play you the clip I, I recorded. It's like a seven, eight minute clip that I, that I basically just asked my daughter a few questions about this because I watched her watch this. I mean, I, w- I wasn't half as interested in, w- in watching, you know, Raya and the last dragon as I was looking at what she responds to hopefully you can hear this okay I'm here with my lovely daughter Zofia can you say hello to everyone hello can you tell everyone how old you are seven okay so can you tell me what you just watched
4: Raya and the last dragon
1: and then in your own words can you tell me uh what this film was about
4: it was about like a dragon with lots of other dragons that been turned to stone and also so some people have also been turned to stone by the drones and there were lots of them
1: okay and then who was the main hero of the film raya and who is raya
4: she's a girl that saved the whole planet in 500 years ago
1: and what did you like the best out of the film
4: the end was like super amazing because there are lots of powerful things at the end
1: um who was your favorite character
4: sisu the water-powered dragon and Um, she was the last one
1: okay so she was the last dragon and can you remember her powers
4: she had water powers and the other ones just made this type of gem and they and it had powers so that it's friends can powers can she can also have them
1: okay so she had powers from her brothers and sisters and her friends right yes (laughs) okay um, did did you like Raya's little pet?
4: Yes, and the pet was like a. It looked like a light but it was furry. But and it was and it can turn big, and she can ride it as a bicycle.
1: It was very cool, was it? Yes. Uh, what did you think about the big enemy? Who was the big baddie?
4: I think the big baddie was the fangs. Um, chief i think well i'm not quite sure if that was
1: Mhm. and what did you think about the uh, fang chief's daughter
4: um first they were playing together and having fun but then they were fighting
1: Mhm. and did you like when they were fighting no why did you why did you what did you not like
4: because the fangs team was a bad bad team
1: Um, was it scary to watch these girls fight?
4: Yes, but it can also be scary for, like, under four years' childs. Well, it will be okay if you're above that.
1: Oh, that's very nice to know. Um, were there any other things that you were uh, afraid of?
4: Um, there were a few things that I was afraid of, like, the fighting bits, like, most people the most bits were people were fighting, that's the bit when I was a bit afraid of.
1: Um, were you afraid of the drones? Th-
4: I was afraid of the drones, but the drones were like type of monsters, like I told you earlier. They were the monsters that turned everything into stone, when whatever they touch.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, did you think the film was colourful, or would you think it was dark?
4: Um, somewhere in the middle was a bit dark and so, and at the end was really colourful and it was really fun and really cool.
1: So was it scary when it was dark or was it not scary at all?
4: Um, it was a bit scary. It was a tiny bit scary, but not that much.
1: Okay, so, w- do you think you like Raya? Do you, th- do you think, is she your favourite Disney princess?
4: Um, Raya is kind of my favorite well, my favorite character on Disney was I think it is I think it's like the puppies that go and stave around the world the missions those are my favorite characters to watch on Disney.
1: hmm um, and do you like Elsa more than you like Raya uh kind of okay, so is Raya the last and the last dragon your favorite film now, or is it not your favorite?
4: It is kind of in between my favorite films on Disney.
1: Um which ones are your favorite again? Do you remember? Do you like Frozen 2? Yep. Do you like Moana? Yes. Um which ones do you like as well?
4: Um I started watching a bit of The Princess and the Frog, but I kind of went a tiny bit for well I didn't quite watch all of it.
1: Okay. And would you like to watch Raya and the Last Dragon again? Yes. And would you recommend Ray and the Last Dragon to all other children?
4: Mm, Yes.
1: So what do you think? Do you think it's okay for very little children, or do you have to be a little bit older?
4: So for little children, like between zero and um, four, um, I think that's a bit too young for that film to be watched. above Above those ages is going to be fine, well... The ages above those numbers are going to be fine. Well, like above ten, it's going to be fine. It will not be scary at all for big children, like like big teenagers, people like that.
1: So, if you are above four but below ten, should you watch it alone or should you watch it watch it with your mummy or daddy?
4: Um, I think you should watch it with your adult.
1: That's very very nice. Um, so what do you think you learned? What is the uh, thing that you took away from the film
4: um, I thought I sort of think like about the like all of the things and how you can do stuff in that film and how ma magic is done from that sea C- sea C- dragon
1: but did you learn anything about uh, trusting people or did you or did you m- more care about the dragon stuff and magic
4: I think i care about more what you just you said
1: <laughs> so what do you think what did you think uh, saved everyone raya well okay yes uh, raya saved everyone but why did she save everyone
4: she gave i think she gave the de- gemstones to that like fine chief i think and then she turned into stone and then and and before that she like t- made from all of those pieces, she made the ball, and she left it, and the power was stopping, and then she turned into stone, and there were too many drones, but then the power started again, and then um, the world had been saved.
1: So, what do you think is was the more important thing in the film? Fighting or trusting each other?
4: Trusting each other.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I think this this is all for... These are all questions that I had. So, how about you say bye bye to everyone? Bye. Yeah. So that's it. Yeah. So so we can go 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 around in circles and say, oh, I didn't like the score. I don't. I think that I've seen this all before. This is not aimed at us. Like we're like this is not aimed at like twenty to thirty something year old men. This is aimed at little girls. <laughs> so if you if you really want to give a proper appraisal of this film, I think. You should be able to at least empathize with um, a little girl who would be looking up to a character like Raya, because it, it clearly isn't aimed at boys, because it would be harder for, for young boys to say identify with a female character. It's easier for girls to do that with female characters. Like, boys typically would be identifying with with male characters, and you know, like, so that's why you see um, like seven year old boys dressed as. as Spider-Man or Batman or Luke Skywalker for, for you know, um, Halloween or whatever. They, like, you, can, you can see, like, um, I, could, I could flesh out certain things that she took away subconsciously almost from, from this, like things about like the values that this film's trying to kind of just sell, sell you. But what children care about is whether there's magic, if there's dragons and if, you know, good fights, evil, and everybody wins at the end, all, all's great. And if it's colorful, brilliant. Like that's all that this film needs to be. So you know, if you know, I, I know that like you can say, oh, it's underwhelming. Well, it kind of is because you know you're you're a bit too old for this. So so I I have a feeling that you know, like if you if you watch something like this and then you're trying to kind of pretend that you know uh, that this is aimed for at you, like like uh, you, you at least have to at least have some appreciation that it might not be.
2: I would agree with you. And I, I, mean, I do agree with you two points. I think that, I mean, like Disney, their like um, their animation studios are clearly marketing towards children. Whereas, like you said, Pixar, when they can be arsed not making onward, they are aiming to a wider audience that everybody's gonna love. You know, like we like said, we've all pretty much we all loved Soul, and that was a film that when I'm watching now, it, it's like if I was a really young kid, I don't think I would have liked this at all may I me, mean, to say, yeah, it's a cool little ghosty thing. I'd be, you know, I'd be interested in that. But then, just the last couple of months, about like, what's going on. But, uh although I am a twenty-something-year-old uh, man, I uh, love Frozen very much. Um, Frozen is not marketed towards me at all. Um, but I would be telling an absolute lie if I have not seen Frozen like five times. I know all the lyrics of the songs, and I get when I'm watching Frozen, even though I'm like, okay, this is clearly not trying to appeal to someone like me. When I'm watching Frozen, I'll just the story, again, although the story is something we've seen so many times, just the film in general, how it's handled, how it's, I mean, obviously this isn't a musical, so it's different than that part, but just all of it in terms of how it's done as a film appeals to me. And I'm engaged from end to end, even when there are the parts, I'm like, okay, this is getting a bit too Just Even with Moana, there are parts of Moana I start to check out, like, okay this is getting a bit past me but still overall I'll look at more and I'm like yeah that's a that's an incredibly solid kids film that adults I think will enjoy but then with this I, I'm watching it and I'm getting nothing out of it and I, I mean it's again as long as kids enjoy it that is the most important part for a film like this it, it, in my opinion I agree with you on that it is you know it doesn't matter if, if I don't enjoy this film doesn't give a shit what I think of this film as long as the kids go see it and want to go buy all the toys they've succeeded but and I just, but I just think they can do better. And I know they've not done better for a while because I'm looking at Disney's history of animated animation. You know, we had like that period of time where we had Home on the Range and Chicken Little and Bolt. And so oh, what's going on there? But then Princess and the Frog comes out and then Tangled comes out. And it's like, okay, we're back. We're going to be on par with Pixar. And then it just seems these last couple of years, they've started to slowly, I'm not, I'm not saying they're making Home on the Range again. God, I would never come and say they're making Home on the Range again. But it slightly feels like they're going into that area of these forgettable films. And I could be wrong because we're living in the streaming age now, maybe a film like this, just because it's there on a streaming platform as of June, for anyone who has Disney Plus, it's just going to even get more popular and more popular. But I don't know. I just don't see this film. I mean, it's going to be so redundant. It's not The Lion King. I'm not saying every animated film has to be The Lion King, but... I, this might be nostalgia talking but the lion king is a film that appeals to everybody and I, I just i don't know it's it's like completely off topic but like when jurassic world first came out and people said oh you can't compare it to the first jurassic part like well why can't I? <laughs> people can make better films and i feel like we shouldn't just give people like, oh they can't make films as good as that um i mean, again, it but on the other hand it's hard to get too passionate about this not like in this film because it's not aimed at me. So that was a bit of a waffle that hopefully made sense. But yeah.
3: Yeah, I was going to um, bring up like The Lion King as well. Like I enjoy, you know, The Lion King, like Aladdin, Mulan, like all of these movies that are aimed at kids, but I enjoyed them, you know, a lot more than Raya and The Last Dragon. But on the other hand, I would say that Raya is definitely a film that there's nothing bad in it. You know, there's nothing offensive that like you don't want your kids to be influenced by. Like Mulan, you know, has some, and, and Aladdin, well, Aladdin especially, has some parts that are definitely not politically correct and you probably wouldn't want you know your kids to be um even though at this point everyone's seen it um subconsciously like you know get that stuff into their heads but raya is definitely a movie where i could see you know it's definitely a a good movie for kids to see it's not like there's nothing offensive about the the message there's nothing bad about that you definitely want i mean it might be simplistic to us that you know everyone should work together but for kids it's probably an okay message for sure and if they enjoy it you know there's nothing nothing wrong with that um, but I still think, you know, Rise on the lower end, I guess, of or, or not in the lo- probably in the middle, I guess, of all of the Disney animated movies. And they're definitely ones that are more enjoyable for people of, of all ages.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree on a vacuum. This is why, like, I don't judge Ryan the Last Dragon, right? Like, whatever. I think it's a completely passable, like, respectable film because it is speaking more to kids. But when you look at the Disney history, like these are a history of films that tend to go for both Adults and kids. I watched Zootopia. I'm intrigued in the story, even though there's some story beats that are quite boring. Really love the world. Blown away. Love that film. Uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet for very personal reasons. Love that film. Cried during the end of it. Had a great time. Uh, Moana, great story, great journey. Your hook, the animation, stunning. Ryan Last Dragon doesn't have that, granted. you know, Like you said, it's going for kids. So I think it's a respectable feature. But also, I don't think when you look at the history of Disney, it's that wild to ex- not expect a little bit more from them and a little bit more especially for adult audiences from them cuz historically they have that also might i mention good on your daughter i was half expecting her considering as your daughter to like start personally uh, like did like personally attacking the filmmakers never did that so good on yeah. her
1: yeah <laughs> no <laughs> uh no she's she, she's she's no, i'm trying to raise her well <laughs> to be an asshole like a dad <laughs> no but then, like to your point like I, I can see there's one there's one like you you guys just keep mentioning things like lion king, lion king aladdin and you know some good sort of back catalog of reeses and there's one thing that or even moana or like frozen there's one thing that this thing doesn't have is songs because it's not a musical and then I have a thing that this is probably why it's gonna it's going to I don't want to say disappear from this sort of cultural consciousness because say like Mo, Moana gets like at least the soundtrack to Moana gets played in my car very often, not on my request but you know it gets played because these these are things that kind of persist in the culture a bit later like you know like Let It Go is something that you can probably sing of in the shower like anybody would like right? especially if you have a kid probably granted you probably, you'll probably hear it daily anyway um well just you know like my my daughter now has a has a Elsa duvet cover on like that she sleeps under. just still happens right um anyway um what the um what I wanted to touch on is then like when you say well the Lion King appealed to everyone I'm not really sure it did you'd have to ask people who are like 50 now because they would be sort of our age now say um, who'd be dragged into into the cinema with their children to watch the fucking lion king and then what will they say well i don't know i just sat through it it was fine the songs were okay but he liked it so you know <laughs> so i'm fine <laughs> but so because I, I don't know i watched the, the lion king when i was a child i don't know when you guys first watched like the aladdin or the Lion King. is this something that you watched as adults or is this something that you've watched as children and this this is why you're well, part of why you're comp- comparing this um or is it seeing this in a very positive light is because of a very heavy nostalgic connection to him.
3: That's that's probably definitely that's definitely true for me at least. Um, I probably do have a pretty nostalgic connection to those movies. I saw them when I was a kid, and so I guess I was the target audience, you know, back there, then. There so now, go. when I look back at them or I rewatch them, I get that feeling again. Um, but also about the musical thing, I think that is an aspect that's uh, um, that, that's important and worth bringing up, like. I would have enjoyed Ryan the last dragon more if it was a musical. I think there's, there's this aversion to um, musicals, especially recently, like Disney is taking out all the music of their movies, you know, the live action remakes. I know they're supposed to be, you know, more realistic, I guess. I I don't know why they're trying to do that, but um, I would have loved for the Lion King for Milan, the live action remakes to have the musicals, the music numbers from the original. I think it makes the movies a lot more memorable, a lot more exciting. Um, I guess there's just in general audiences don't enjoy musicals as much like I feel like it's a lot of people's least favorite genre. They always like, why are people singing and dancing? I don't understand it. But when you have movies with talking animals, I think you don't have to worry worry about why are characters bursting out in song. It just makes the experience a lot more enjoyable. And I really wish Disney would go back to uh, putting a lot of music in the movies, though I understand why they don't, because they want to make the most money and they think that people don't want to see that. I just hope we get it a uh, resurgence, I guess.
1: I and mean, one one thing that they do start, they did started doing with, with Raya specifically, is say okay, like things like Shrek or I don't know any DreamWorks or Pixar animation would in, in, inject pop, pop cultural references into the films that would be sort of like this these little Easter eggs that the parents is supposed to pick up, and there will be sort of either a little bit on the nose little things like on the wall there would be a poster for Star Wars or something like this. This thing has it well this is something I, I do appreciate but I, I appreciate also that it will go right over children's heads and maybe one day they will kind of reconnect with these things when they actually watch the real deal say like the beginning to the film is literally lifted from Raiders of the Lost Ark um sort of idea of uh like the, one of these sort of little I can't remember is it is it the Talon uh, land this is like it's kind of photographed in a way to kind of resemble like the Mad Max sort of dystopian wasteland so they're they're clear sort of hooks Pop cultural hooks in, in, injected in there, um, and then even my wife, when she was because we paid 19.99 pounds for this, like she, she watched it again, right? <laughs> so, um, so when, when my daughter was watching it again yesterday, you know, today, because that's what that's what children do, like when, when they watch something once, it's gonna it goes on repeat. So you know, like you get to you get to see quite a lot of it. Um, like you you see, like she she was even mentioning like this kind of looks like Star Wars a little bit to me. Like there's there's um, like the est- aesthetically, it's, it's kind of very reminiscent of certain things that you sh- you you should kind of just find familiar. So it's very smartly put together, but it's smartly put together from a cor- corporate standpoint because like let's be honest, like Disney is not really after making lasting art. They're making uh, they're making uh, successful products first and foremost. If it becomes art that's lasting, that's great. Like they've they've done a great job. Say like the Lion King, Lion King is probably the closest to something like this that in the last so, 30 years that kind of just transcends the idea of being just a product Um, and uh, yeah so I I think they're just for for all all its faults and uh, and the fact that it's clearly not aimed at me because I I know we should you know we should work together we should trust people we should get together and then it's clearly aimed at the sort of reconciliation post-Trump world because we're we've descended into tribal echo chambers and we need to kind of just figure shit out on like, into how to work you know, together. Well, my seven year old has no idea this isn't this is happening, but this is kind of injecting these things sub, in subconsciously in subliminally to into children. And I, I find this is this is laudable. This is great. But yeah, so well, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how long we we want to keep keep talking about Rhea, but I, I, it's just it's just you know it's it's kind of funny to just four grown men trying to kind of just have an ha, have have an adult discussion about a film that's clearly not aimed at them. This is like Artemis Fowl all over again. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so that's my two cents on this. And then, and you can clearly see that little children like all, all like when when they watch it, these watch these things, they look at different things than we do. Like they don't. Think about oh like, I I I didn't like the character Oh she she was happy this was a dragon and it was funny and then it was and had and had powers and did awesome stuff like one when, when she realized that this thing could fly holy shit like she just she just sat, sat up in it in, in on her sofa so you know so you could so you could see how they react and you can see where when they're scared when they're cheering like they they will fist pump and you know so. The film works as far as I'm concerned. It's just doesn't, it's not supposed to work for me and that's fine.
0: Maybe that's what this film needed just like with Frozen 2 I think it was or I forget what film but there was an animated film, it wasn't Frozen 2 but there's one that I really didn't like but afterwards like I, when I was in the theater watching it all the kids were like, you know, losing their fucking minds and I was like, well, you know, at least it's sweet enough for them. Maybe I'm just feeling narcissistic about this because I was alone on my couch with no children around me like screaming so I was like, well, this sucks but maybe, maybe I just one- need that childhood spirit. I don't think we have that in America, but well, that's a business opportunity right there. COVID <laughs> will also make that a little bit rough right now, but you know.
1: Yeah. No, but but you, you kind of get the gist. Like, you know, and I know yeah. this is this it is a bit sad because at least where I where, where I am, like, I can't I can't take her to the cinema, which it would be even even better because there will be rowdy kids, and I know people kind of just and then there will be parents on their fucking phones just sitting there, and I'm just like <laughs> Spend 110 minutes looking at the screen so that you you know what 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 your little son's looking at. Okay, but yeah, I, 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 this is my pet peeve. People on on the phone on their phone, especially with on doing children's movies. You know, anyway. So I can't go to the cinema and have this be a cultural experience for children. This has to be occurring in the house, and then you know, so it's slimmed down to say the least. So yeah. Um, I don't know. So but uh, well, at least she she got she got something out of this and you know probably when when it actually drops on Disney Plus properly. I'm not sure if my premiere access is going to last more than 48 hours. I don't know how this works. I think it's just like a normal rental, right? I think you just have it now. I think it's oh, just have there. It now. Oh great. Yeah. So so I suppose this is going to be on repeat now. <laughs> So you just own. <laughs> what, so you just own this film.
2: I th- I thought it was like a <laughs> rental thing. That's why I thought that
1: this is a rental. Like well, like you know, on Amazon forever, Prime. No. I, can, I can I can rent Amazon. Uh, I can rent Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four like for like fourteen ninety nine and that's only like, forty eight hours. But yeah, so if I own it, brilliant because I'm pretty sure she loves it. So you know, well, I own it
0: until June and then
2: it's just on Disney Plus. Yeah, well, thank God your daughter liked her. This would have been a very depressing first forty five minutes. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, but, but you know, I can I I can play devil's advocate on this even without her input because you know, like clearly, like you watch this, you clearly have an idea that this is this is not for you because you know, like you know that you're supposed to work together. These the values, this thematics in this film, they're clearly just pared down and scaled down for children. So you know, this is not inside out. You're not watching soul in here. Like this is not something that's supposed to transcend the idea of being for kids. It would or, be very funny though if like
2: some grown man did take like, whoa, maybe if we just work together and it just changes his life forever and that this was the film to do it. Like, oh, you know,
1: like you know, God bless. Like if, if you know if that's what it takes, you know, if, if you can watch it like a bunch of bunch of like white supremacists and then they'll be like, Ah, the guys I think we fucked up royally. I like, think we should probably start working together. Like, you know, brilliant. Like if that works, whatever. Like all power to Raya. But then there's there's been like I don't know I watched um, I, I read a, an article on BBC News and apparently there's backlash on Twitter against this film because well it's an amalgamation of all that like, it's representing 700 million people and it's not clear that like, people are have a problem that it's not sort of settling for like oh let's represent like Vietnamese people or Malaysian and but they just clearly wanted to kind of just fence, fence it uh, around the, the entire sort of South Asian sort of culture. so there's malaysian indonesian um vietnamese and all sorts of influences kind of just in there in the food and how people are dressed and the names like Kumandra and all that these are like the languages people speak are kind of just sort of picked and chosen from various sort of corners of southeast asia and apparently there's a backlash against it and i'm just like like you, you can't fucking please these people <laughs> so it's just i don't know but you know that's just me
2: just my last thing to say about this, because I have literally nothing else to say about it. As uh, the most frustrating part, even just outside of what the film was, was just why bring in. I mean, I know why, because you know what? I don't know why. Why bring in the director of Blind Spotting to like to do this? You know what I mean? It just feels very. Because usually I can be like, oh, maybe because that helps get, maybe that helps get people like us in. Because like, oh, they've got the director of Blind Spotting. So you go, so I was like, no, it's just it's another like feels like committee directed film that. Wait, why and it says at the end it's like directed by it. it's also like, oh, co-directed by these people is it right so what happened here did the director you know carlos estrada did he bring anything to this because i was watching as it like, is there anything i can see I mean, there might be if i looked hard enough but no, no, that was just my final
0: gripe with this why 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 agreed but at least i can go to bed knowing like he got that disney paycheck so like yeah, good got, on him enough. go make another <laughs> blind spotting or something now you you have money now
1: well, yeah, that's just, you know, that's street cred, and, and it opens a, quite a few doors, so like, I, can, I can see how someone like uh, Carlos Estrada, or ha- anybody who's just made like a one successful indie feature, like doing this and then seeing this as, okay, well, now, now they're a successful person who carried a blockbuster, um, it's easier to get money to get what you want done. Or you, you can just stay in the fucking marvel blob that's what i was gonna say he's gonna end up in marvel next <laughs> there's well, not gonna then, be a blind spot it's well. gonna
2: be doctor <laughs> strange 2 sam raimi will drop out and he'll step in is sam raimi still on there by the way apparently like, this is gonna this, this is he's gonna drop out if he has not dropped out yeah that's right after watching spider-man 2 i'm like there's no way there's no way they're gonna like <laughs> if he wants to you know do his sam raimi stuff but that's a whole different topic
0: well, speaking of Doctor Strange 2, actually, the other thing we're talking about today is supposed to be leading into that. You know, we'll we'll, we'll see how that goes in the future. But for now, let's focus on the nine episode Disney Plus hit series, WandaVision. Heavenly shades of night are falling. It's twilight
2: time. Wanda and vision.
3: This is really happening. Like days ago lighting the spark of love that fills
2: me. With
0: of <sighs> Am I dead? No. Why would you think that? Because you are. In WandaVision, Wanda Maximoff and Vision, two superpowered beings living idealized suburban lives, begin to suspect that everything is not quite as it seems. Uh, Jakob, I know you're quite passionate with your love for the series. Why don't you start us off today with... One division.
1: I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. When this thing started, I think first, I think first two episodes dropped on on day one. So I think when I watched them, and I was thinking, well, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm digging this. I'm digging the aesthetic. I'm digging the um, the, the premise of what I then thought was an interesting change of pace, a palate cleanser after these sort of big, bloated, plot heavy, sort of. Affairs where you, all, all you care about is the big picture and then whether Iron Man is going to be the one who deals the fatal blow to Thanos or whoever. Like, like th- these were the considerations of, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And then you know, and who's going to die, who's going to live? And of course, only Uncle Ben can stay, stays dead in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But um, what, <laughs> so I, I really dug the idea of, okay, well, this kind of looks like it's just borrowing a few things from like Pleasantville. Maybe some people were on Twitter was like this is totally Lynchian, by the way. <laughs> but but um, yes, some some things from like Twin Peaks. But then to me, this kind of looked like what's borrowing through from Twin Peaks via Desperate Housewives, as in like I don't know if you've ever watched Desperate Housewives. Like the first two seasons had a genuine like murder mystery. There was there was shady shit going on in there. So it kind of just had a different vibe than than just like a regular sort of. And Kyle McLaughlin is in both those shows. Yeah, yeah so. <laughs> yeah but then it had this sort of atmosphere and then you can you, I at least assumed um, well that then okay well maybe this is a change of tact that they want to just well, explore character a little bit more and see where this goes and this mystery has something to, to do with unlocking certain themes or certain character traits so that we can learn something more about these, these people as are something more than they're just elements or they're just little cogs in the sort of big uh, big sort of turning wheel of of marvel cinematic plot that will go from through for another like four or six phases i don't know how many more they will have planned um but yeah it clearly turns out that now This is just in service of A, pandering to fans and B, setting up events for for the future because no one gives a shit about what Wanda Maximov could potentially be going through because all all that matters is that someone gets resurrected, someone unlocks their powers and then someone gets name checked and then you introduce some kind of agency. I'm not sure if S.W.O.R.D. was in Captain Marvel or not but then like you kind of just, this is all, its existence is, as, as a standalone piece of um, storytelling is completely unsustainable like division does not exist before without what came before it and and its existence is only as a little brick to sustain what will come, what will come after it uh, which to me is quite a shame so after like the first two three episodes it became it became a real chore going through them apart from maybe episode number eight exactly like five minutes in there where they decided to kind of just Explore a little bit of that sort of grief and processing of of loss, which you know, granted, in an in an interesting way. But exactly for five minutes, when they were saying no, no, we need to still set up a big, massive sort of showdown at the end, which exactly just looks like uh, like the most uninspired sort of climax to um, Iron Man, where basically where basically the main hero is facing off against the evil version of themselves, which is like, come on, <laughs> it's just talk about a wet noodle this is this was just pfft, waste of time and money and effort and and talent because elizabeth olsen is a very talented actress who can you know has a range and she could she could easily pull off you know exploring a character internally even but no this is all plot this is all fan service and then as, as long as people are clapping marvel's gonna Mar- marvel's gonna be doing the same shtick for another 10 to 20 years and I'm, i don't know at this, at this point I'm, i am fucking checked out
2: I'm the exact same in regards to, I say this every time a Marvel film comes out, I'm like, oh, I'm done with Marvel for, you know, especially after, after Infinity War. I was like, okay, that's that's my jumping off point for Marvel. But then, so I'm like a sucker for Spider-Man and that's always been like my weak point with these things. Like Far From Home comes out, I'm like, okay, I need to check into this and I really enjoy Far From Home despite the issues. It's so strange because then I watch Far From Home. Like, oh, I really liked that apart from the stuff when they try and tie it into the universe. And it just feels like with every film I'm saying that, it's like, oh, I liked that apart from when they started trying to tie and it's it always reminds me of, if it was age of ultron which got ragged on because there was like four scenes there was like, that scene where four went into some strange bit and he was like oh, this is setting up for two and it was the most forced thing and then they never just, and it was oh they'll never do that again And it's like well yeah they just pushed it to the credits for three credit scenes." but anyway um so when this started uh, i started watching my girlfriend she's the exact same as me she's kind of she watches all the Marvel films. I've still not seen Captain Marvel though, because like for that, it's just like I've not had because I was that was around the time I was like, okay, I'm done with this for now. But I, I will check it out. And it starts off and exactly like you were saying, Jack. I was like, oh, this is it's different. And I was already intrigued because I remember when they did this kind of show reel when they announced like, here's all this stuff coming to Disney buyer Platform, and it's like One Division, Loki, a Falcon on their shoulder. I was like, okay, out of all them, One looks the most interesting because it just kind of grabs you. He's like, oh, it's in black and white and it's in a different format. I was like, okay, that could be a one-off scene i hope not i hope it's something interesting and then you watch the first episode and pretty much maybe like the last three seconds hints at something else going on but it's literally just one that envisioned stuck in a 50s sitcom you're like oh this is marvel doing something different here okay i'm gonna there's not there's not really a hook here but you can tell if you are even if you're not a fan if you're at least aware of what's been going on in the history of the cinematic universe you know like okay one that is internalizing something we know it's obviously because of what's happened to Vision over and over and over again. Because it just keeps, just you know, he had to die twice in that one film. But it's like if you're a fan, you know she's got something going inside. It's like, okay. So I'm gonna you're, you're immediately hooked with that. It's like okay, what's going on here? And then you're like, oh, they're gonna do a different decade of TV every episode. That's a really interesting idea because then they can talk about not only give give these characters some breathing room outside of here's a cool fight scene. They've all got their moment. Because it's always been like that. It's like Infinity War. It's like, oh, every character gets their moment, which translates to every character gets a cool punch against Thanos rather than every character gets, you know, an area to breathe and become and become a character. And Wanda especially has never really had that. So having this, and I'm like, okay, I'm really into it. Blah, blah, and I think we get to episode four, I think, is when uh, they introduce uh, S.W.O.R.D. and the whole uh, the whole episode is following them explaining the first three episodes and I just can't remember the last time watching something that I would felt so insulted like my intelligence like you really think we need every single thing that just happened explained I get maybe one like one thing like, oh she's doing this but I, I I feel like if you're watching this and you can't work out that Wanda is controlling this because of reasons then like what is going on I don't need a 30 minute episode of Cat. Cat Denon shows up because why and now everybody loves cat dennings again i thought we hated cat dennings but i guess we've changed on that i don't have anything against cat dennings you know i'd take it or leave it but it was just so strange that one of the most hated characters of four shows up and everyone loves him again just to explain it and then that keeps going through to like the episode eight which has those moments i mean i'm jumping around here episode eight has those moments like okay they're giving like weight to these characters who didn't have weight And I guess if you are somebody, if you are a massive Marvel fan, you rewatch these 30 films every single year, then that would be good to have Age of Ultron, which is a piece of shit, have a bit more weight to it. Because like, oh, Wanda and Vision actually have a relationship with each other outside of the script says they need to. But then off the back of that, it's also like, yeah, she had a box set of Malcolm in the middle. It's like what you honestly think that was my burning question why why is it a sitcom like why i need to know it's just shit like that is constantly dragging it down and even outside of the show like my mum, god bless her she hates marvel again she's not not against it she's not seen a single one of them but we always joyous i was oh you're gonna watch those marvel films when you're just like no i'm not and i was like you know what watch the first two episodes of wandavision because i think you'll like it and she loved it that she was so into it. Oh, I really enjoy this. It's like the shows I used to watch when I was a kid and I just knew in the back of my head, it's, like, it's going to become schlock. I said, I just hope it doesn't become schlock. I said, I'm not going to tell her. And then it gets to like episode four. so like, oh, I didn't really like that one. I said, oh, yeah, hopefully it goes back to it. And it does. goes back to it. And then at the end of episode five, like it kind of is the first bit of action and Wanda's like, get out of my town. And she's like, oh. And then she was like, I'm done. I'm, I'm out of it. It's, it's becoming Marvel nonsense. So that was the most frustrating part of all for me my poor mum getting disappointed by Marvel.
3: I'm like, coming at this kind of from the same angle. Like I, I hate Marvel. I shit on them a lot, but I also watch pretty much all the movies in theaters, you know, except for like Ant-Man and the Wasp. I think I missed that one. But I watch them with like my friends who are more into Marvel than I am. And I have a good time. I really, you know, enjoy the theatrical experience. And, um, and they are kind of more experiences than, than movies, honestly. And I, and I think I realized this during the pandemic when I rewatched, um, Thor Ragnarok for the first time since I saw it in theaters and um I liked that one before when I saw it in theaters I thought it was like one of the best of the MCU and then I rewatched this alone with uh, in my house alone without anyone else and I it just completely fell flat like nothing almost none of the jokes landed for me I just thought it was pretty unoriginal and uninspired and and that kind of like when it hit home like just Marvel works in the theaters but it really doesn't work and Um, just watching it as like trying to watch as just a movie Um, and I think WandaVision kind of hammers this point home it's um, definitely not Marvel's area of expertise to these like small scale things that aren't I don't know spectacles I guess and I they tried to do like character development in this but I think it didn't really work because it, it just feels like they didn't need an entire limited series for this thing they didn't need nine episodes to show you know Wanda going from denial to acceptance like that's it's a pretty basic um storyline and um it's just so predictable it does become a slog and and like everyone else is saying I, i enjoyed the first two episodes i was like really intrigued by this i thought you know maybe marvel is doing something different but what had me worried was i saw the reaction to that all the marvel fanboys didn't like the first two episodes and they're like just wait until it gets better you know until it gets back to the marvel stuff which i thought was a completely backwards um you know look at it i thought it They shouldn't have done the Marvel stuff, obviously, and they shouldn't have gone back to all the schlock. and And of course, they inevitably do, and it just gets so tedious. um, After those first two episodes, they—I was intrigued by the mystery of the first two. I was like, "What?" I mean, I wasn't exactly sure, you know, what's happening. I think I had some sort of idea, but I was like, "Well, they could go with a couple of different directions in this." But then, like, episode four comes, they reveal everything, and I know exactly where it's going from there. There's all the mysteries sapped out of it. They like, there's nothing else to keep me invested in this. I'm. I just basically like zoned out for the last the rest of the series. I was really had no attachment to it. Um yeah, I think like they could have it almost felt like they were trying to do something, you know, with the the Breaking Bad movie with El Camino where they explored like this character, you know, they explored Jesse Pinkman's character a little bit more and added a little bit more depth to him. But he was a character who you would have, you know, you had 5 seasons with. You actually knew him a little bit more. Wanda, you've had 4 movies with her and she's not the main character in any of them. She's barely explored. Her character is not, she doesn't have much of a character in those movies. And so you think that maybe WandaVision could be like actually explore her character, but instead they, her only character trait is that she's really sad. That's like, and she's grieving. That's like basically it. And she likes sitcoms, I guess that's, they don't really take this opportunity to actually make her nuanced or, or different. And I also think this um, also another reason why the movies work and, and where this doesn't work is that in the movies, like Captain America and Iron Man, right, they, they do have character arcs, but they're, they're very simple character arcs, you know, it's like going from being selfish to being selfless, you know, and, and vice versa for Captain America, but their character arcs are, are spread out over, you know, 20 movies where they have individual moments in these movies, like really small moments that aren't like, the entire movie isn't devoted to that one um, character arc, and so it like builds up over time, and it's a lot more satisfying in the end when like they finally reach their conclusion. Um, but in this one it it's doesn't work because it's so simple and it's all compacted into this nine episode run where every episode they kind of beat you over the head with, Oh, she's in denial and she's gonna have to get over this and accept it. And it just it was so obvious to me. It just didn't hold my interest at all. Um yeah, I just thought this was it became quite dull. Um, I don't know, they introduced like Catherine Hahn as you know, the, the villain type thing, which was completely unnecessary. I love Catherine Hahn, but, um, her character was just out of left field. I don't know why they included her. And, um, uh, I mean, I don't know why they turned her into, you know, this, this villain type, uh, character. Um, and, uh, they're just so much more. I mean, yeah, the Cat Dennings, all that, that whole storyline, I enjoyed, you know, Randall Park a little bit, but that storyline was a little bit redundant and, you know, over-explanatory that the character, um, like Hayward I think his name was that captain uh was just so cliched you know like okay he's just like evil you know, he's just like the bad guy who wants to rush things and then uh, it's just so much uh just it, yeah it just didn't surprise me at all and I was I was hoping to be surprised a little bit um but I did love the first two episodes but uh after that yeah just went downhill from from there
0: oh boy uh I'm definitely the probably I think least uh Forgiving to the series. I genuinely hated the series from episode one. Uh, I think this is an all time like disaster for Marvel. But first, I want to clarify I do like quite a bit of what Marvel does. I know a lot of people are not fans of them. I think a lot of people are genuinely quite unfair when they're like, oh, every film is exactly the same. A lot of them feel the same, but there are some, you know, little hidden gems here, like uh, the Winter Soldier, for example. Like there are, I really, I do like a lot of what Marvel does. I love Captain Marvel. I love a lot of these films. Um, And it was exciting to me that they were going to play around, be playing around with narrative and playing around with presentation. This is what I want Marvel to take a big risk. But I think the execution in WandaVision is abysmal. Uh, You have the first three episodes, two or three episodes where it's completely style over substance. I have no interest watching 30 minutes of black and white bullshit to get one sentence that means anything genuinely like some of the most boring things i've had to sit through in my life is just these characters i don't care about like oh it's so wacky we're talking with accents and we're walking around and it's black fuck off genuinely shut up uh and then you get one line at the end where they're like wait maybe there's something more clearly there's something more we know there's more because your vision and wanda there's no suspension like no shocking disbelief Um, Also, then it just turns into a normal Marvel film slowly but surely until the ending which is I think a genuine joke. Not only do they take away Wanda's like emotional moment they've been building up by having her fight this fatty and just turning it to a normal Marvel movie, um, but they go into every single cliche of Marvel action which is quite boring quite just frustrating to see and quite uninspiring. Um, But also, I I think genuinely one thing that really I don't understand, I think the biggest mystery of WandaVision is simply what the mystery is. Because I thought from episode one, very obvious what is happening. There's a very, very obvious, if you watch Endgame and Infinity War, and you know the fate of Vision, very obvious what she's dealing with, very obvious what she has to come to terms with. Sure, the specifics you might not know, absolutely, but that's not a mystery, that's just called plot. And every reveal, there's really only, I think, one reveal in this show, which is the villain, which also makes no sense. I've never felt more in a film or in a Marvel project that they just put a villain in there because there needed to be a villain. Why she's actually there, it makes no sense why she's there at this moment. So she was just kind of like waiting around after Endgame and she was like, well, fuck it. You know, I guess perfect, you know, good place to be. Um, It doesn't make sense. I don't like this show in the slightest. It is boring. It is dumb. Uh, I found it watchable at least by the end. I was excited, just like tur- tune in at midnight and be like, "What are they gonna do to fuck it up this time?" Um, but I, I genuinely hate this show with like every fiber of my being. If you love it, you know, peace and love, good on you. Have you know, have your WandaVision division uh, I can definitely go without it though.
1: Well, I have to say something like the biggest mistake. This thing, okay, well, apart from just being dumb and stupid. But let's put this out there. Like that's what it is. I'm, I'm sorry, you know, but. And then, okay, well, the villain—you can say like, well, when I don't know, like the big reveal it's like, I, I get a who? Like, who the fuck is? That? I don't know. Okay, because well, if if you're like, but one thing I would say, if if this could at least on a mystery level, this could stand on its own legs if it wasn't sort of okay entrenched in the lore what that came before it, because you could then potentially say, okay, well, if the mystery is that one division, well, Vision is dead. As in, okay, someone's projecting. Um, like what you're seeing is not real because there's there's a person who's been resurrected by magical powers. That's a genuine sort of mystery that you could say, okay, that's just a supernatural horror. Fine. Um, how it's tethered to the to the Avengers universe, that's whatever. That's just Marvel at this point. Now. I'm just I'm just rolling my eyes at this because this is just genuinely uninspired. Like what what I what I have a problem with is in. In general, if you don't like this, there is a the idea of this being a mini-series that you have to tune into every week, and you just say to yourself, "Oh boy, that's going to be a 45 minutes of just getting boned in the ass." <laughs> because, and then and I'm and I'm just you know, it's not like I'm I'm forced to do this. I'm just I'm. It's not like I'm trapped in the cinema and I have to as well have to sit it out. No, because if it was like I don't know, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, which, which I genuinely despised, at least I sat there for two and a half hours like, arms crossed and I'm, like fucking hating hate being here but at least you know i'll, I'll get out of here and will that'll be it but no this is something that you do on your own of your own volition weekly <laughs> this is just ridiculous but yeah so I, I i i honestly don't imagine even marvel fans ever got coming back like you could you could see that like, they re the Thor, Ragnarok or whatever that like yearly I don't think this is going to get any reward value this is going to just die as a, a as a piece of content taking terabytes of storage on Disney servers and by the way I think I've looked at like most of the TV shows that they reference are owned by Disney at this point because they're like CBS is owned by Disney Fox is owned by Disney this is scary shit <laughs> but yeah
0: yeah people are already re-watching it people love 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 like this is people's identity who, who, at this who are point these people? are they
1: like 15 year old 15 year olds who are just I, I, they can't they can't anymore like masturbate anymore in in, in the day because they'll just get second degree burns or what
0: <laughs> i mean i'm not gonna say it's not them but i'm also not yeah. gonna say that it is them just for uh you know i still want to be likable on film twitter yeah no people like i think you're underestimating how much people fucking love the show
3: about, I saw this thing on on uh, this channel, this Instagram channel I follow that like is a huge Marvel fan. Just kind of just see what how they you know understand things or how they view things. And they saw there was this one post about Kat Dennings' character, like in the episode, one of the episodes where she was like, I think maybe it was episode four. And they were like, she got more character development in this episode than in an entire movie. And I was like, what what character development? I I genuinely could not understand where somebody watched that episode and thought that her character got character development i i just am at a loss for uh, how people right. understand this and then also all the things about grief where people are saying how it's so deep and i just it didn't connect with me at all it's, There are so many the more. it's
2: same thing that you know is that if god i'll absolutely butch the same but it's like if you've never swam in the ocean a puddle is going to seem really deep
1: it's that's, like the, where, um, that's the joker review yeah, that, that letterbox yeah, that has like three and, yeah. and a half thousand likes but, which is pretty brain. spot
2: on by the way yeah and it's like <laughs> I get, get what you mean because there have been so many Marvel films where there's just, there's been nothing, it's like oh, their parents died, like, that's that depth right there, and I'm like Carson I I, like, I am not gonna lie I love ragging on Marvel films, I do it all the time mostly because I've got friends who love it and I just like winding them up, but it's like I'm looking at like Letterbox and all the Marvel films I've seen, it's like, there's like, Infinity War like, I stand by, I think Infinity War is a really impressive film for what it is you know, for the uh, achievement in terms of... Excuse me? Sorry, Jacob. I know that's making you like. No, I agree you, with Kyle. I've lost it, Jacob. No, no.
1: How is this? How okay? It's a two and a half hour slog that's basically that ends on a on a cliffhanger. How is this? How is this a good film? Like it doesn't even have an ending.
0: It has to no, manage so many characters yeah. and has to manage so many. It's so. It's really not it
2: well
1: Have to. It chooses to end. It's fucking stupid. yeah, but, but no. <laughs> only
2: because they committed to doing. So like the fact. Let's say a uh, 2012 Avengers. They went right. We were going to commit to this. You know, here's Thanos. You go, oh, who's Thanos? Five minutes and then thus begun the comicbook.com. Who is that purple guy at the end? And the internet died right. that day. But the <laughs> fact that I mean, I'm not going to talk about Avengers all day, but it's the fact like I was sitting there and I was like, okay, this is going to be a mess. And it ended. And although in my house, like, yeah, they're not, they're coming back in the first 20 minutes. And well, they didn't come back in the first 20 minutes. So I let them away with that. But I was more just like, this could have been this. It wasn't Justice League. There you go. It. We Justice League couldn't manage five characters. This managed about twenty.
1: You know, I'll 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 probably say will, I'm more likely to rewatch Justice League than I'm, I'm likely to oh rewatch. Yes, because the, no. no, no, oh. it's a it's a it's a mess. It's a mess that I didn't like. But there's but there's at least I don't know there there's an att- attempt at something in there as in arti- well, aesthetically speaking, like this is all, all the same. Every single, like twice a year, we we'll get more of the same. It looks the same, it feels the same, and it is the same. And then when the whole thing's ended with Endgame, it was like, oh, the epic conclusion to this whole 10 year long experiment. This was, this was amazing. No, this felt like, like an ending to a long haul flight or just a, I don't know when if, if I imagine just traveling all the way from Australia and then having to go in and, you know, on a train after a 15 hour long, long flight and then just spend three and a half hours on a train and then in a taxi and then going home. And you're like, no, you're not. You're not. woo I'm home. No, no. You're like, fucking finally. Jesus. Can I go to bed now? Like that's that's how I felt having having watched this sort of infinity war slash end game sort of scenario it's it's just it's just no it's a mess normally i know generally... the aimed that young yeah. kids the way raya is <laughs> you know aimed at young young girls because they're like oh my goodness look at this he's using his fucking hammer oh my god he could he could lift the hammer he's worthy i'm like fuck off though. no one cares i mean you care but like you as in <laughs> The proverbial Marvel fan, because that's that's what this is. Like um, you know, like like we we talk about One Division and everything, and you can't like it's almost distasteful to compare to anything outside MCU because you can't like they're all exist in their little bubble. It's just ridiculous.
2: Normally, I would. That's why I can't leave them on the side. Like normally, I'd be like, yeah, you're right. They are all the same. Everything's the same. But then, to me, like a film you brought it up, and although. In a lot of ways, it is the same. Like for Ragnarok, I generally think is a well, like a well written, funny film, and it cracks me up when I'm watching it. Before it does become, and I, I, then it gets becomes the Marvel schlock, and I'm like, why can't I? I don't know why, because oh, we need to have the fight scenes. I'm like, okay, I don't care about the fight scenes. I just like, you know, Tom Hiddleston and Chris Hemsworth, you know, annoying each other for an hour. But God, we're going, a bit when in that Infinity World day. But the fact, and maybe I am, maybe I am one of them doing this but when when the snap happened then infinity war, I was like holy shit that was like a cinematic moment for the ages and love a lover hate it that's going to be remembered i think for the 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 way infinity war ended is going to be you can go off if you want i know i know i know alexander agrees no carson agrees but i think and i don't care about it but the, i think the snap as Done. much as you hate it is going to be remembered for I, I, you know, it's gonna, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna be remembered because it was such a huge deal. Sure, the screws like yeah, everyone comes back, they're alive, but it was a big moment. Please, Carson, back me up before oh, you. know Well, it's gonna moment?
0: time out. It's gonna be a mo- there's two discussions happening here. Will it be remembered? Yes, because every the general public That's loved what, this. Yeah. It's iconic. Do I think it was like? Did it hit me that emotionally? No, I thought it was a really fitting thematic conclusion to the ten year saga. Like I thought it was good. It was a good decision. But I, I don't. I mean, I, I think Jakob, you might need to like rewatch Infinity War and Endgame because I think there's much. <laughs> so, uh, then again, though, no, we
1: me watch this again.
0: <laughs> then again, you did watch Glass, and you're like, there's no character. So I don't, I don't really know what to tell you. I think this is just kind of one of those situations Maybe where it's just, just you're like you're
1: mistaking plot for character. Like this is like, oh, character are here and then, like, no, this is all plot. That there is no character in there. Same for Glass. By the way, watch, uh, listen to Uncut Gems. Okay, but what about... it before... was three and a half
0: hours? What about <laughs> yeah. this is an argument then?
2: Yeah, I
3: could, you might you might uh you might kill me for this one, but I I actually saw Endgame four times.
1: <laughs> this is <laughs> now, like 16 hours. You're not getting back
3: <laughs> to provide. It did get towards the end. I was I was like, okay, this is too much. Jesus. But to be to provide some context, I did have like a couple of different friend groups who like didn't wanted to see it. So it was like, okay, fine, I'll see it with them. But and I, there were a lot of flaws with it. But I honestly enjoy Endgame and I enjoy Infinity War. But part of the reason maybe that I enjoy Endgame is because I thought. Like, this could be the end the MCU. Like, this is a good ending point. I was like, okay, why do you have to do Far From Hook, Home? line, and you know. sinker.
1: You bought this. You took it <laughs> in know, the I know, I know. Sorry. I know. But it was I, well, a good ending was a story was hoping at that
3: point. Yeah, cause that's I
1: mean, the thing, though.
0: No, it it delivered the it was.
1: It was. No it was did.
3: a complete arc for, uh, you know, a two main you, characters.
1: Like you just, you just said and said to yourself, definitely this, this big corporation is going to kill a cash cow right here, right now. And of course they oh, would not I don't think anyone. I had a hope. That. That I was before, hoping. Especially that before <laughs> it was naive, but... even before Infinity War, they had their little Marvel cons and they were saying, oh yeah, by the way, this is a slate for the until like 2021 or whatever. So you knew things would happen, but you know, and in, in, as far as like the snap is iconic, I mean, this is something that everybody expected. Like this was like, this is gonna happen like oh it happened but by, by the way this is gonna get reverted anyway because a if people know it from the comic books and then b like uh, nobody apart from Uncle Ben really stays dead in the in the Marvel comic book universe that's an, that's a fact.
2: Okay, well, it's, it's expected. to let really as quickly because this was this was actually why I brought it up. The problem, one of the biggest problems with One like with the villain, when she's revealed, and I was like, oh that was predictable. I mean, it was it, it was predictable because from episode one the million articles were just grasping at every straw they could and eventually if you throw enough you know if you throw enough shit at the wall some of it's going to stick and then one of the ones like the poster came as, oh agatha's in the background so okay she's the villain then it comes out she's the villain is oh i guess they were right about that even though the show didn't need a villain but i I don't know if if you aren't in the loop like if you aren't somebody who looks up i don't know I, i i knew what infinity war saga was oh and he was he he has big glove and big glove equals bad things i didn't understand the exact ramifications of that i didn't really think okay they're going to kill off everybody for a bit and put the world into this weird post-apocalyptic state again yeah just to rewind it but like like you were saying they did give two of the biggest characters a thematic conclusion that even people like captain america i've not even seen the first captain america so when like they post that ending, I, was like, I don't even really know what's going on, but I could tell people around me were digging it. I was like say says, well, look, I in the UK we don't really, because I see I keep seeing these on TikToks. So like, see, maybe it'd be a different story if I was in a cinema in America and people were, like throwing shit in the air and screaming. I, I honestly, I
1: would rather die. I thought like, that is I could never deal with like. I usually tell people off when they do shit like this. i always just walk over and then you know I can look <laughs> the way I look and I'm six foot five and I'll just will you please fucking stop you'd have no and then, chance and they'll just... <laughs> it's all of them
3: <laughs> it was too many yeah it's like an army like i i mean the first time i saw it in like my first time it was actually fine like the crowd was okay like it was a good experience but after that the all the other times there were people like standing up in the aisles like cheering you know like pumping their fists and i mean you could tell them to stop but they're just so there's they outnumber you you know it's like <laughs> it's, it's too hard at that point you oh, can't get like, them know.
1: all uh, but to to me, it's like oh, I'm outnumbered by like ducks. I mean, come on, like I can take you all at once. Come on, <laughs> it's just, who's gonna fight me? Uh, no. Uh, usually no. They they usually they they pipe down when they see there's someone's really pissed off, and then you know, like they they'll just put their phones away and shit like this. It works. I mean, but you just kind kind of have to have enough confidence to kind of approach them and just n- and not blink, <laughs> because you know. Anyway, but like with the uh, like I I, I I hate to harp on this, but the iconic status of the snap like i'm sorry like if if someone t- i mean people people will remember it surely but this is this is not going to be on the same sort of i don't know like if, if if it becomes um compared to some like the no i am your father moment i'm i'm fucking checking out i'm sorry because like no, like, no one's expected that at least that means that was like the heaviest the most heavily guarded secret in hollywood at the time at the time and i think i think the guy who uh what's his face david prowse may, may have let it slip for a second and they and, and they when and george lucas never spoke to him after that but yeah
3: yeah really but, you know um sort of this is a little bit tangential but i really don't like how there's the whole culture around like fan theories and like trying to figure out as much stuff as possible like let me figure out all the characters who are going to be in this movie before i see the movie i just don't understand why would you want that like for the spider-man 3 movie clicks, right that's clicks, supposed to be coming clicks. out like that's
1: why you want this that's like, true you, that's you true. see people on twitter but, and say, well, yeah. what do you think is going to happen in the next episode do you have any thoughts about what, what this character might mean yeah, also, yeah. So, i'm just so thinking as so like, once a you fan, like, the like the of,
0: theater you yeah. can jerk yourself off because you're like oh i saw i just watched oh, a poster yeah. the poster and he's the villain this in
1: the theater like come on like there's <laughs> people people need to clean this afterwards
0: <laughs> <laughs> no yeah
2: i completely agree like i just like you know it's horrible yeah like if you
3: yeah. like with the spider-man 3 thing you know the news about you know toby Maguire, right andrew garfield if you if i walked in the theater not knowing that stuff those two characters showed up like i i'm not even like a huge fan but i would be like mind blown honestly and i would uh, yeah, be I would, like very excited i would excited. be, the guy, I would be cool. the guy
2: jerking off in the back <laughs> yes yeah but now it's just standing up, you know, like just
1: be proud <laughs> out and proud <laughs> no <laughs> but, but you know like, like but but then again like this this whole experiment like the mcu sort of I, I, can't, I, I keep calling it an experiment because this is something that has not be, had not been done before successfully and has not been sort of successfully re- reproduced by anybody else to, to the same sort of extent like this, like everyone like the Dark Universe had one film like DC is just I don't know where it is. Like this is this. That's the only thing that kind of keeps working. And then the the next thing that would be probably the closest to it is is probably Star Wars. But Star Wars is kind of riding on the coattails of 40 fucking years worth worth of filmmaking.
0: I mean, if you want to ignore the Universal Monster movies, like that's fine. up to you.
1: No, but Universal Monster movies at the time, they weren't like you, you didn't have to watch Dracula to watch Frankenstein.
0: But eventually, once they came together, starting with, like, I think the first one was Frankenstein versus The Wolfman, there was a solid, like, ten films well, where they all, like, you kind yeah, of had
1: Yeah, but then, to. like, they, they were all reliant on tropes that you know either from like elsewhere like you you didn't have to know oh oh, Abbott and costello did this in like a a year ago
0: like house of dracula house like no no but
1: these things these things were more more or less effectively standalone and you could probably just watch them and then forget about them like this thing like if you if you wanted to waltz off right off the street to a watch one division or say watch i don't know avengers age of Ultron or avengers of i don't know infinity war you'd have to go and watch the preceding 18 films maybe some of them you could probably skip but you but there is a whole body of work that you have to acquaint yourself with which probably means that basically means that you have like this whole thing is insular if you're not in it you're, you're you're outside it
0: well, I actually think so, that's one yeah. of the most troubling things about WandaVision that scares me for the future of the MCU. Not necessarily that I think a lot of it's going to be good, let's be very clear. But, like, there's a lot of this film, or a lot of this show, that, well, it's basically just a film that they've chopped up, so I can, you know, whatever. Um, you more credits than
1: some films have.
0: <laughs> <laughs> very true. Um, They have so many scenes where they just outright like hold the audience's hand and tells them like, oh, this is who Wanda is. You have a whole episode which is flashbacks just explaining who this character is and why she feels the way she does that's already been explained in previous movies like clearly meant for audiences who didn't necessarily see Age of Ultron or, uh, yeah, that was that one that she was introduced in. Like, clearly this show is taking a lot of time dedicated to those who don't know who these characters are and trying to make them care. But all that does is just spores the audience who knows who these characters are. Because like, yeah, I know she has a brother who died and stuff. Like, yeah, I got it.
1: I mean, I don't think it's even aimed at people who have have no idea because they, they clearly don't have any consideration from audiences who are not aware of any of this. This is, to me, the service moments. Like, remember Age of Ultron? woohoo! Remember Remember this? Yay! Like, this is, this is it. Fist pumping and you know, do it in your own homes. Like, fuck you, Marvel.
3: <laughs> I guess I just have... I had too much, you know, faith in the big corporation because I was, like, thinking after Endgame you know, Marvel can do anything that they want and people will still watch the movie. They'll watch the show. And I was thinking, I thought that maybe with WandaVision, there was a chance that they could do something a little bit more different and people would watch it and they'd realize, oh, wait a minute, this stuff that's different than usual stuff is still good. But no, because first of all, they didn't do it. But also the two episodes that were closest to that, the first two, people didn't like. So I guess they're just gonna stick on, like keep going with this this train of just formulaic stuff. And the other thing that really does scare me is that, Apparently there's supposed to be a, a piece of Marvel content every single week this year, like with their two other shows. And that is just terrifying. <laughs> it's it's going to be exhausting, honestly. I mean, like you said, Jakob, earlier, like I, I, I'm still choosing to watch it, but I'm going, I'm probably going to because everyone else is and I'm going to, and I feel like I have to watch it so I can tell people like officially that it's bad. You know, I, I can't like say that I don't like it if I haven't seen it, but I mean, it's just going to be annoying for sure exactly. so, you know, this the, the, is why i watch
0: Doolittle. this is, this is why i watch the shit because you can't <laughs> say it's bad until you see it so you have to watch the shit to say um, bad. Well,
1: I, I i get this is this is the uh, commitment but no but uh, but you know like we're talking about this and this is literally just because i've literally last night i wrote a piece on this exact phenomenon of okay well they're like what they're doing is they're pandering to their fan base and they're and they're doing it successfully, so why change? Why? Why? Why would? Why kill a cash cow? Why risk? And then, and when they, you know, and they even just, I don't know, tread the waters a little bit and say, oh, maybe you just put it in black and white. And there's gonna be people on Twitter going like, this is ridiculous, this is stupid. Can you can can we get more big stuff? I want explosions. I want, um, you know, hints of whatever. And then that's what you'll get now. That right? that's that's all Marvel's going to be from this point onwards. Until the end of time because they're too big to fail like this is not like you'd have to have a world war three for from our cinematic universe to cease to exist like this this is not gonna like one one box office bomb is not going to revert this like this this would ha- they would have to bomb like 10 times in a row to, to for some people for people to realize man maybe maybe people have grown tired of this shtick but yeah like you'd have to have a, a cataclysmic event that affects your life in a different way than your know, like pandemic does because you get to stay at home and watch shit but yeah like when people die in a war I, and, and some people in Hollywood would probably like ah, I think spending money on, on movies is not a good idea we should probably just stop now like other, otherwise this is going to keep happening and then you'll you'll see you'll see like a whole shit ton of these films and then you'll be 75 years old and you'll be like I remember when I was a young lad I watched the original inventions in the cinema and your grandchildren will be like really grandpa this is amazing. like the, this is going to be a staple of the culture and then the, this is you know this these are westerns now and for better or worse so it's just it just happens that the, most of them are so so bad
0: Well, this, I actually think COVID kind of was a blessing for Marvel because I think the general idea after Far From Home and after Endgame was that, like, the Marvel, like, we're kind of uninterested. A lot of people are taking a break by not having any Marvel content for over a year. You drew a new, like, desire for it from the fandom and desire from the general public to consume Marvel content. Uh, If you do want Marvel to die, which I'm not saying I want it to, you know, wouldn't cry either, though, to be very clear. I think the one thing that like could lead to that is that they're just pumping out endless content. Um, I know they did some rescheduling, but before someone mapped it out, there was going to be three weeks this year without new Marvel content. Like if you tire people out that quickly and they're putting so much into Disney plus and every year, just so many series and so many feature films, like eventually people are going to lose interest and grow tired and fall out of it you'd have to think so like I think that's the one way where like Marvel could really shoot itself in the foot right now by just going too hard too quickly with this Disney plus series but I mean people like I said people love WandaVision so if this passion continues you know I think Marvel's going to be staying around for quite a while I mean so what's the next
1: film that that they had planned Black Widow right Black Widow yeah yeah so you could say, oh yeah, maybe people are tired. Just wait until Black Widow rolls around to cinemas, and, and then you'll see the the, the post credit stinger, and that will set up the next big body and then people will say, oh my god, this is the big next big thing from the comic books. This is fucking amazing. I mean, this the height really for Spider than...
2: Man fee is already like bigger than yeah. any Marvel film so, we've had in years.
1: Yeah, they they may have had a dip, as you said, because they, there was a little bit of okay, well we we're done now. Like the long haul flight's done. Like we so all 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 that all that. Fans wanted was a nap, and then you know they got their nap. So let's be clear: they also could
0: keep the other way. They could kill off their fandom is by keeping Black Widow theatrically exclusive. Have all the fanboys to where the theaters are sold out. COVID spreads because it'll be a super spreader event. That's how you kill off your fandom. Also, just other <laughs> options. You know, there's ways here that they could do it.
3: Yeah, I guess the the TV shows are a little bit more risky, like for Marvel, just because. I mean, now it's the pandemic, so people have more time. But if you have one episode a week, you know, it's not the same as going to the theater three times a year. You know, like if I don't know if people are going to be able to keep up. I mean, they probably will, but you know, I mean, one show like every week for the entire year—that's a lot for not everyone has that kind of time. So,
1: what they had TV shows before, would... didn't they? Like there was Agents of Shield, there was like Agent Carter, and whatever. Yeah, so but I don't of, think I mean, they people, were, like, people those, were they allowed not to care. much
3: lower, like viewership. Right there, like those. I mean, I yeah. guess Agents of Shield was kind of. Popular.
2: I think I think with this, this is like Marvel when they were like, okay, where with Agents and Shield and stuff, it was very rare that there was something in the films that it'd maybe like you'd see a very small character that was in one of those shows. Whereas well, there now was it's like
1: well, Winter Soldier had quite a bit of. Like there was yeah. this whole device yeah. in there that was kind of teased in this in the show. So like but, they had they had a bit of overlap, but it wasn't required for you to watch yeah, any right. other so TV shows. And I don't think it will required. be required for you to watch Wandavision to enjoy Black Widow and whatever comes after.
0: Well, but apparently okay, well, I mean, obviously we can't really talk fully with facts, but apparently this is like directly leading into Doctor Strange, where like you're gonna have to see Wandavision to understand Doctor yeah. Strange too. And that's the thing like these series, number one, they consider them part of like the phases now, which they they didn't consider Age of S.H.I.E.L.D. to be, like, phase two, whatever. These are, like, officially... And they also not only just have, like, the bigger stars, but these are directly leading in and directly affecting the movies in ways where apparently you're going to need to watch both. Okay, I mean, yeah, I, yeah I and it's, it's
2: working in their favor because one of the things about this show... And, I, I, again, like, it, like if you love this show, like, all power to you, there's stuff that I like that people hate. And I'm like, people, it's like this, this is the fun of it. Come on. But this show, there was so many... When people... I mean, I, one, I will actually... I mean, it's, it's doing the bare minimum, but I, I am glad they did this on a weekly, by weekly basis. I'm a much I'm much more a fan of that because, I mean, it's, I just miss it. was good, like, because I've got, obviously everybody was watching it and having those times, like, catching up with friends and chatting about what happened in the episode. But on the other side of that, nothing happened in any of the episodes apart. Like, if you went to speak to a friend about the show, you were talking about the last 20 seconds. It was never like, oh, yeah, it was a cool moment when this happened. It was like, oh, yeah, I liked the magic show they did in episode two. It was, oh, my God, I can't believe... Quicksilver showed up. It was just always, and it felt like the ep- they knew that because each episode was just people going, When's Doctor Strange going to show up? When's Mephisto going to show up? And it was just feary, feary, feary. And then, much to this, was the weird part. That, I mean, they kind of screwed themselves over with their own fan service pandering because it all, I mean, in some ways, that you know, it comes to the fight scene at the end and it's like, Okay, this is a CGI. And the CGI, I thought, was terrible. It looked really bad when it was visions flying about. Like, this is nonsense.
1: But it's budgetary con- uh, considerations as well, because I don't know how much money they had.
2: Yeah, true. Like again, it's just. I mean, it's, I mean that's why I'm like, just don't do the fight scene.
1: <laughs> Well, yeah, but if you, if you don't do the fights, yeah, Marvel know. fans will be will be alienated, and well, then yeah. I, like don't get me wrong, this has been heavily focus tested. This yeah. has this this is scientifically engineered to to pander to fans. Well, this is not an accident. This this thing. Yeah, works the producer the way
2: it does. came out after the first two episodes. I don't know if it was producer, director, showrunner. Was like, oh, don't worry, that classic Marvel action you want will come back. I, like, I, I did, this is the point where I is that you can't just trust. I mean. First of all, you don't need to apologize for something you've made because it's not appealing to your fan base because there's people punching each other in the throat for 30 minutes. Just just shut up about your show and let it play out. But anyway. um, Don't worry. Kevin
1: Feig has probably asked him, you need to go on and organize a press conference and say (laughs) out loud, this is what's going to happen. Because you wanted this to to be a little bit quirky in the beginning. And I said no. And now I, I, I was proven right. So you need to go and apologize. Yeah. that's that's my theory at least because well it's all run by one person and one person only and then and, and in terms of artistic development we know it's run run by like hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people even before they even hire a writer or, or let alone a director to do anything this is all pre-visualized pre-conceptualized this is this like well this is why i'm 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 also i'm at, at, at a point where i kind of Will refuse to kind of just discuss these things on like an artistic level because this is like I feel like I'm discussing Lego sets in here. Like there is this is just a corporate machine churning out products. Like there is no there is nothing of value to society at large. This is not cinema. I'm sorry. I'm I, I, like I'm uh, because I'm I, you know people was like Ah oh, Scorsese is making gangster films, whatever. No, this what what these people are cheering. What this this is pandering to to a fan base that thinks that uh, five cent uh, comic books churned out to make a profit are some kind of some kind of a mythology um, summarizing the uh, western civilization in some way no it's not it's it well if it is then it also incorporates the fact that everything's done for a profit in here there is no this is not art this is consumerism at its absolute pinnacle. I just give a quick shout out to the absolute legend Paul
0: Bettany, who at the beginning of the show came out <laughs> on like an in interview or somewhere I don't know where, but he was like, "Oh, there's a reveal, by the way." On the same level as Luke Skywalker at the end of <sighs> The Mandalorian, absolute okay. legend gets everyone excited. He was talking about himself. <laughs> what a power move! Yeah, was, Vision in Wanda Vision yeah. is the big reveal. Like no, I. The- Laugh, but then Laughs at the noble
1: hard but then think about this like people are like oh my god there's gonna be a reveal and then there's fan theories and people is this gonna be doctor strange i think i saw benedict cumberbatch walking into the disney office like six months ago i don't know and, and then all, all of a sudden it's like no the guy's strolling and then people are like oh yeah he was strolling that we're totally on board with that because every, every single like oh. Mar- marvel sort of diehard fan they they've already swallowed their shit and they they're just Towing the party line anyway, like this is ridiculous. Like Wait, this, should, like yeah. if anybody else did this, as in, well, if man, if if, if I don't know, Pedro Pascal or whoever, teas, um, um, a massive review at the end of Mandalorian and did not, and then oh, it's me again, <laughs> and then like there will be out, there would be out, uh, you know, there will be just riots in the streets. People would be like, we're not watching any of this shit anymore. This is bullshit. But then you know, no like they they can get away with anything. They they're literally like the Donald Trump of of of. Of cinema, they can just say, I can kill a, per- a person on Park Avenue and still get away with this. That's what they did. Okay. They got away with absolutely trolling and people and people bought it hook, line, and sinker. I'm sorry.
2: I can't believe there's been, I mean, maybe there has, and again, I'm out of circle, but um, yeah, whatever, I forgot his name, from Evan Peters. When he got introduced as Quicksilver, I was like, oh, okay, we're, we're doing this. We're bringing in the other properties that Disney owned. I was like, okay, like, I mean, it had to happen eventually. And um, ends up being a dick joke, which you know, <laughs> again, I'm like, okay, that's fair. But I also it's like, why? Is then and this spoke to Evan Peters, yeah, I'm just happy to be there. I love Marvel, man. It's like you can be that I don't know, it's Evan Peters who arguably is one of the most popular parts of that X Men franchise. Evan talk if when whenever you talk about those films, even Apocalypse, which is an absolute piece of shit. Talk about you know the sweet dream scene where he's doing his quicksilver thing then he shows up and you're like, okay that's exciting. I'm gonna watch to the end to at least see how the other X Men going to show up, and it's just they completely discard it. And it looks like they they're not gonna go with the uh, bringing in the X Men, which is why this is where it's really confusing because all this hype's been about the multiverse, Doctor Strange in the multiverse, and multiverse. Next Spider Man gonna be multiverse, and they can just get every Disney product to just converge, and they can just forget about it. But it seems they're not doing that, so I don't know what the fuck's going on. Well, that was I, just
1: a flex to me. Like, doesn't it? By the way, we bought Fox.
2: Yeah, yeah. That, well, that's what I thought it was because it was like, oh, <laughs> like, I thought it was a flex. Like, boom, he's Quicksilver now. But then, the it wasn't. It was like the uh, the Mandarin thing in whatever his name is in Iron Man Three, where they did that thing, and that's, people have been comparing it to all the time. So I just curious why why they did it if it was because it, it seems like a very weird troll to do because it's a troll that's going to get backlash because it's Evan Peters. And it's because it's that character that Evan. nobody liked Quicksilver in Age of Ultron but everybody liked Quicksilver and then they they keep flexing of like now we can call her Scarlet Witch because we own that property now whereas they couldn't call her that before because of reasons and stuff so I that was very strange to me it was the weirdest balance of fan service being completely discarded it's like so if this is for the fans like at what point like that just feels like you're shitting on the fans (laughs)
3: Yeah, and it did it did get a lot of backlash. I think like a lot of people are like disappointed or mad about that. But this whole in general, like all these cameos and, you know, reveals just speaks to what Jakob was saying about how it's all just a product. I mean, when you're when the quality of, of your show or, or movie you're watching depends on how many characters you've seen before, characters from comic books that show up, like, oh, this is cool because this guy was in this other thing that I know of or something. I mean, it's just like completely devoid of any artistic, like it doesn't mean anything at all at that point. I just don't understand how it's it's just become so yeah like um, trivial I guess at this point like let's just see how many cool cameos we can get in here how many characters that we can like they even had like you know the Tiana Paris character um, Monica right like she became her comic book persona or whatever and I don't even know like that she was a character like at this point I'm so out of the loop I guess because well I haven't been talking I guess with some of my more avid Marvel fans so they haven't been informing me but it's just I didn't see the point I was like I really couldn't care less at this point.
1: See here, like when when this whole thing started, what they were teasing, what they were introducing in cameos, there were sort of people well, people and characters that would be a sort of um, you'd recognize if you even had oh if you didn't have this sort of inside knowledge of uh, being well versed in comic book lore. All you needed to know to, to be is I don't know, I I don't know, vaguely sort of Interested in popular culture because and anybody would would know. Oh, and I've I, I think I've heard of who, who Iron Man was or, or like the Hulk or whatever. Because these are, these are the characters they were teasing with like beforehand. It's like oh Scarlet Witch. I may I heard of them. You know, like th- these this was the caliber. Now it's like Agatha Harkness. I got a fucking who? who? Who cares? Like you know, just yeah. So or like yeah. So like because. But then they don't care because all they have, they have their fan base, which is like, I don't know, like a billion and a half people, and that's enough for them. So they can pander to them because they already know who, you know, who the sort of tertiary and like the class E and F and G sort of characters in Marvel are. And if they don't, they will say, Oh, I don't know who this is. I'm going to go and look for this. And because they're interested in doing this. But if you're sort of, I don't know, waltzing off the street to watch this, you will have no idea what's going on. Yeah, so But they don't care because they've they've established their little sort of ins- insular world that just exists within our sort of popular culture, and they don't interact with it at all. Like, they, it's just, you know, MCU is MCU, that's it. Like, you don't compare anything to MCU. You just sometimes will take a few inspirations from here and there, but this is just it. Like, it doesn't, like, comic books don't interact with uh, culture at large in, in, in any way. They don't influence many other things that's that's pretty much the same sort of concept just enacted in here. And it's just going to persist until something terrible happens.
3: Yeah, that is kind of interesting how they started out almost, you know, trying to appeal to as many people as possible, you know, as broad an audience as possible. But now that they found that like comic book shit, people <laughs> go crazy over and it's not niche anymore. It's not like, you know, there is a, a big enough fan base of people who are obsessed with this that they can just pander to it, to those people. So it's not even like trying to appeal to everyone. Like they know that a lot of people are not going to like this stuff. But they have enough yeah, people who do.
1: Well, when they started, they didn't have a, a, a mainstream audience. Like mainstream audience was alien yeah. to these concepts, so they had to develop them. So they had to, for lack of a better word, groom their audiences to to to, yeah. to like yes, like exactly like sexual fucking predators. Because you know, like now 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 everyone has a fucking Stockholm syndrome. Because when when they're, when they're dealing with this, because they're like, oh, I don't know, I'm wasting my time watching this, and I probably won't like it, but anyway, I'm going to do it anyway, and they're probably good anyway. So you're like, no, they're they they're using you for your money. <laughs> Very smart. Yeah, selected. we're like
3: the characters and trapped in the WandaVision's you know, universe yeah. or whatever.
0: Yeah. Very similar to Jared Leto, they've created a cult. Which FYI, Jared, I know <laughs> yes. we're not talking this a lot about a you this episode. We still want in the cult, Jared. Please accept my by, my by Leto. the way, this whole
1: this whole idea. Like, the, like yesterday, I was sitting down to write a piece, which hopefully yesterday was being Saturday, because when you're listening, this is probably going to be in the future, because we're in the future now. So hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, you can probably read this. If if it goes through editing for some reason, I don't know, quicker than usual. Um. But yeah, that was sort of my sort of idea. It's like what, like I just saw this sort of wondrous sort of uh, imagining world um, around her being just in a very sort of spe- specific la- way that she likes it. As basically, this is this is the metaphor for what the MCU fan thinks about the M- and the and the sort of Westview hex is basically the MCU. It's just we don't care about what what's outside. I'm happy in here. Uh, uh, Humvees turn into ice cream vans. Fuck you, like you know. So so, so yeah. So read it when you have a chance, because I really, really liked reading, writing this, so yeah. Tell you what, though, I thought Elizabeth Olsen was really fucking good. I want
2: to give the show that. I thought she was really great. If I have to give that if I'm all like, you know, I'll make it all to England. Although think, some of the material she gave was shocking, I think she does a pretty much utmost to carry some of the lesser material. I don't know, maybe that's just me grabbing at straws, but I feel like
1: No, yeah, but then, tell me where she is bad. Like Any film she's been in that she's she's terrible in. She's just good. Yeah, she's just. I did have there was one, uh, one
3: not not a movie that she was in, but but the one episode where they did the um, uh, they like almost a modern family parody, right, where she was like doing this Claire Dunphy thing. I mm-hmm. thought that. I mean, it wasn't necessarily her fault, but it came off as pretty cringy, to be honest. To be honest, I
2: thought like, that was more just they'd... the episode was like it was horrible Unbearable. Like, yeah like, like it, ever, was, it ever was
1: tried watching modern family it's pretty cringy yeah i right. think modern family shit anyways <laughs> well, and even
3: modern family like i i thought it was way better than you know I, than this the, this like copy of it which funny. is just like even more diluted <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 the jokes in this were not funny they were i mean except for the, the first two episodes i found kind of funny because um i don't know i guess that style of humor they did kind of well because it's all about it's kind of broad jokes and like you know very general things but when they tried to replicate like the others the more modern stuff it Fell flat to me. Well,
2: I I I liked the first couple of episodes. That I don't get me wrong, this was not funny. Like, I didn't you you even know, practice... modern
1: family or this? Because I'm I'm confused.
2: Uh, One division. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> talking about the first <laughs> episodes of that. Um, I didn't find it funny. I was more just like, oh, this is quite charming. I was never like, haha, yeah, that's charming. Good. Onion. You know, like <laughs> the eggs came out in a lot of ways. I was like. I mean, no, I, just...
1: I, I was genuinely charmed by the first two episodes. Yeah. I did like the idea of, okay, well, maybe they're doing something else. It, like, it looked like they had an artistic ambition of some description. And, and Carson is just fucking smirking like, <laughs> I saw through this shit from minute one. I, I just hey, <laughs> if you I want to don't... point and be like, oh, it's in black and white, like, you know, good on you. No, but yeah, no, I do, no, I... no but, but, you know, I, at least I had my hopes up saying, mm. okay, well, maybe they, they, they want to do something different for a change. And then if a great opportunity after actually finishing this massive arc you know this massive narrative and having a clean slate to work with what a this is a great opportunity to actually start fresh and this, 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 do something different and then like 90 minutes later i'm like no uh, well what what why would why would they yeah, they're a massive corporation they have then, money to make like, to be
0: if clear if they had a golden girls episode i'd be right there with <laughs> loving it and being charmed by it but what were you gonna say kyle
2: i was just gonna say like because they are they're so big that they can't feel at this point i just kind of why not i mean again i always say why not and it's just because they they're too scared but they shouldn't be it's like they could have just done this although carson would have wanted to die they could have just done each episode no, as money
1: speaks that's why But
2: even if people are like oh if the marvel has like, i'm not watching this i'm done as long as there's like an after credit scene at the end of the season they're still gonna watch it i don't know like we see taking it off top. like looking at games games get away with this all the time like God, you know what Kingdom Hearts is? That whole series is just spin-offs that make no sense and go in these weird directions, and the fan base still remains after nearly 20 years. So I don't know why. And this is like, this is much better, uh, much bigger. Sorry, not better. Kingdom Hearts kicks ass. It's like this is on the same, an even bigger level of a franchise that can kind of just take chances, but there's just no chances being taken. It's like look, it's what's happening with you know Fantastic Beasts, where they're just trying to recapture the exact same thing with Harry Potter, and it. I mean I can't believe that third one's getting made like the second one shit the bed so much and they were trying to do the Marvel thing of references there set up here set up here and it was completely flopped. and like you've said Jack was like Marvel are the only ones who have managed to nail this experiment or formula whatever you want to call it but there's just no willing to try and go in a different direction well there was you know this looked like it was going to be a different direction but then it, it just wasn't it was just the same thing with a slightly different aesthetic which, oh, before I forget, why did the first two episodes commit to having that
1: aspect ratio? This is like nitpicking, well, Dick maybe. Van Dyke show was in four by three. Because Dick Van Dyke show was in four by three. No, no, anyway.
2: no. But then, like, then when they got to the eight,
1: well, surely every show up until they got to the nineties would have been in four by three, right? Uh, not necessarily. But then they they what well, they, well, they do it because eventually they make a shift to. Um you know like your standard sort of 16 mm. by 9 not 16 by 9 it's like 2.35 2. by 1 yeah uh so the sort of cinematic sort of thing so that to make to make you aware of we're back to marvel bitches that's yeah, what's I, just, happening. I just wish they kept it's such that's, a minute that's, oh, that's all this was it. for this wasn't yeah. this wasn't for like this wasn't like wes anderson just framing different stories in <laughs> in the grand budapest hotel this was mm. explicitly to to set up that moment to tell the fans strap yourselves in boys because you're mostly boys because shit's gonna get real there's gonna be fights from now on that's pretty much what this yeah, was for
2: yeah like i can understand that's the thing like i can part of me can understand because i was never really bored apart from the last episode where my eyes were just glazing over like any point
1: oh no i was born yeah that's fair <laughs> enough
2: but any point it was just like me watching kind of like the halloween episode for example and it was just like kind of vision kicking about doing this thing i was like you know what this is like i'm not terribly bored i'm kind of into it but I can't for the life of me begin to grasp watching the stuff with the FBI and not wanting to just roll your eyes in the back of your skull. It's just, none of it. It was just, you know, it was just exposition, exposition. Like like Alexander said, the villain is, the, the villain within the FBI stuff is a complete joke. It's worse than maybe any villain we've had in terms of just how nothing he is. It's just, you know, I'm going to make bad visions at Okay, and then they feel like they have to... Exp- they, oh, my God, they have to explain that three times, I think. It's like, okay, clearly this guy wants to use Vision as a weapon, like we're watching the Iron Giant. And they keep explaining it every two episodes. Like, you know what, if he wants to use him as a weapon, that's bad because Vision's he's human. And it was just every time they went to the FBI, which it was just awful. And then even that stuff was like, oh, they're going to bring in the Fantastic Four, though, so I need to keep watching this because, you know, John Krasinski's going to show up. And that didn't happen, so they were like, oh... It will happen, what? no? But then they'll be like, yeah, it'll happen in Doctor Strange 2. I'll, I'll just watch the next one. It'll happen then. And it just keeps going and going until, like, but like you said, it's just they've swallowed the pill and they can't, you know, you can't jump off now. I, I, I'd much to say, I'm going to end up watching it all because I want to be on, I want to be part of the water cooler discussion.
1: I yeah, to, I want to keep yeah, losing yeah. followers whenever whenever I tweet about the <laughs> Falk Falcon and the whatever. Three
2: followers by the end of this year. <laughs>
1: no, I just figured this is a good idea because then like it's easier than just going through my list of followers and then looking at their um at their um sort of bios and then just removing them one by one. It's easier to just tweet, the, tweet shit that they don't agree with and they'll say ah fuck, fuck that guy. It's it's, it's, it's so, so so much easier than doing this. It, all it takes is just to, and just tweeting once a day, like one division shit, and three people will leave. Will leave. <laughs> so the yeah. uh, but, regards to
3: that, the the whole sword thing that you were talking about, Kyle. Like, I I mean, they do this in every Marvel movie, so I'm not even know, don't even know why I'm surprised at this point. But they always try to explain, like, there's some scientific explanation for this crazy shit. This is superhero. It's a superhero movie where people fly and shoot lasers and and stuff. I don't. Why do you have to have a scientific reason for why they can do this thing and how the whole like. Um, how the, the hex, you know, had like scientific properties and there was a, a certain way you could get into it. I just like, I couldn't care less at, all, at, at any of this stuff. And and then on top of that, having all the exposition, like where you explain away all that stuff, even the non-science stuff, just, uh, it's just, I mean, just leave it be. It would be so much more interesting if it was just a little bit more ambiguous, you know, if you didn't exactly know what was
1: going on. But they've been doing this all the whole time anyway, like say, they would be uh, trying to okay attach quasi-scientific explanations to magical objects as in like the tesseract or the mind stones and then okay well you can always you can always say oh that's just a gem that's just whatever that's just i don't know a guffin um but no they they'll have to ground it in their universe so that the fans will be like oh my goodness this is this is science fiction this is real stuff i'm i'm gonna read about this a little bit more because they're using long words that's just that's just what they that they, that's their mo that they've been doing this for years now it's just... There were like
3: um i saw there was like some podcast or like some or youtube series about how like so, real scientists um explaining marvel's you know oh. science and i was like are you kidding me really this is doesn't have any basis in reality like... so you yeah, know as a
0: scientist to... you don't agree with their like their explanations you don't you know you're not getting a lot from
1: no i i believe that there's like, well, I, I have people at work that, that are like this, they'll be like saying, I didn't like this because the science didn't check out. Fuck you, this is, the, 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 no. it's, it's Thor, okay? <laughs> <laughs> or, or, just, or, or like someone had, had, had a go at me because, of, the, well, you couldn't glide that long in Dunkirk. Because just I actually had to go and dig out like dig out proper proper sort of documentation about Spitfire planes from the 1937 to, to 41 to actually get this sort of uh, drag and lift ratios to actually to actually prove that you could. But and it's oh that makes sense. <laughs> but you know e- even if it did not doesn't matter. It's make believe. It's magic. Or whatever. Who cares? So you know. But but then like I don't like last thing I want to see out of any sort of science fiction blockbuster is Neil deGrasse Tyson telling me he's like well. Click. Clearly, you you can't reach the space station from there because it's on the opposite side of the uh, of the planet, so we couldn't even see it. So that's bullshit. So I don't know. And then people will be like, yeah, I, I don't care. Like this, it I, can't, I don't. This is not like I don't, I don't know if people can see through the idea that this is not a documentary and it's not supposed to have any bearing in reality. And if it does a little bit, then great. But if it doesn't, like, no one should be really sad. Looking forward <laughs> to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Whoa. <laughs> oh Jesus.
0: <sighs> what's, what's have, after that after that is Black Loki, Widow Loki, then it's Loki Oh, Loki after. oh Loki's or,
1: another show, Jesus
0: and then What If is also coming this year
1: is, okay. that, like actually oh,
0: yeah. a, is, is that like an actual canon they're they're saying it's in the phase So I thought it was just like a joke it, I think originally it was like a joke and then they added it afterwards like oh no actually it's going to be canon so Fuck. and then we have Eternals then we have Spider-Man Three, so we have a lot. We have a lot to do. I'm actually surprised <laughs> they've not tried to make uh, the video game
2: stuff like Spider-Man part of the phases and stuff. Like, I, I, I thought that would be their next step, but they've, they've not, they've not even started doing like their own cinematic game because I was like, well, that'd be a cash cow. I was like, oh, you want to keep up the films? Go buy fucking PlayStation Five.
1: Oh my god, no! <laughs> this is where I draw a line. No, but like no, and eventually with with Spiderman, by the way, they'll quickly run out of uh, cool titles with home in the title.
2: Tom Holland will probably quit by the end of like whatever the next Avengers film is. I don't
1: know, I'm no, just saying Cherry, I think he should just stay wherever he can get money easily. Just keep keep with it. He's, like, Marvel's kinda, Marvel kind of has this sort of um, uh, curse attached to it, like the Star Wars universe had back in the 70s and 80s. As in, people who were in Star Wars didn't really go on to have careers outside of it. Uh, with a few notable exceptions, but like you could think, like Carrie Fisher didn't have much of a like she, she was a big thing in Star Wars, but she didn't have the same stature outside it. And then you can see, like, well, what do you remember Robert Downey Jr. for after he became Iron Man? Not fucking much. Do though so Okay, <laughs> just making my point, <laughs> but you know, like Tom Holland, he's gonna be Spider Man. That's that's all he's ever going to be because you know, clearly, that's you know. That's that's just it. Like, um, who who else? Like, I don't know. I, I'm I'm worried that like people like Elizabeth Olsen are gonna basically just she just flush their careers down the shit because of doing this. Because you know and even though she she did have a considerable range, and then she well she does have considerable range, and she does have a portfolio of films uh, that are quite quite alright.
3: But she did have like Ingrid Goes West, right? And that was after she was already doing Marvel stuff, I think.
1: Yeah, and then well, how well did it do? <laughs>
3: Oh, that's true.
1: That's, that's, that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you know, like now, now we have Cherry. Cherry's landing what next Friday? That's gonna be an amazing celebrity. it's on Coppercast
0: next week. Ooh. It's it's a film, it's not good, it's painful. If you think this is painful, just wait till you see Cherry Yakum. That shit's fucking unbearable. Okay, how
1: long is it? like
0: Two hours thirty minutes. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Russo I mean, Brothers, enough, too.
1: Oh, Jesus. In all fairness, I, I just didn't sort of mental calculation. There are, there are films that I, some of my all-time favorite films are shorter than all the combined cre- you know, credit rolls in WandaVision because there's like 100 and something minutes worth of credits in this whole show. <laughs> I don't know. I saw a trailer for Cherry and I was like, I am not impressed. This is like, like if you think Bobby Zemeckis is, is a ham-fisted guy and, and, and just wait to see this you know yeah. at least marvel
0: isn't doing what dc's doing and releasing four hour snyder cuts like at least they're not doing that yet once but we get you know, the four, when we get the four hour like i don't know what uh, thor 2 recut like then i'll be complaining no,
1: at least more you have to give it to these people that at least i mean you know the, the, there's so many flaws in, in all these this is just so, so easy to pick pick these films apart but then the, the, the fan base behind the Snyder Cut is so so diehard and you just you just think this that's almost religious conviction conviction like this is this is next level stuff for me like you at least have to give them credit for this and you that's, say something as say, yeah say something bad about this like you'll get hounded on Twitter like you know
3: I am actually mildly interested in like I'm almost more interested to see just what they do like with this like how is it going to be actually I mean it's not going to be good or anything but I'm a little bit more interested in like the Marvel stuff. Like it's just because I guess DC has so many fewer movies, I guess and and Snyder's it, I don't know. I can't really compliment. I mean, I guess his visual style is more interesting than the Marvel movies, but that was I don't one know. thing I'll, that kind
1: of just brought me to like it okay, well, drove me t- personally a little bit more towards the DC universe initially because it had a visual toolbox that was way more cinematic than Marvel films ever were. Yeah. Say, like if, yeah. say what you want about like how Batman versus Superman is a, a hot mess of plot, but it has memorable scenes in it. It has memorable aesthetics. The visual toolbox is, is kind of, you know, a little bit more unique than, than anything else. It's not like a big TV show on the screen where everything looks the same. And after a while, you, you, you can convince yourself like, did I see this scene in Black Panther or was it in the Age of Ultron? Because I can't possibly remember. No, these things are a bit more distinctive than that. And um, they do well, let up until you know, now, though.
3: Yeah, well, you let they let you know Zack Snyder have his imprint on his movies. Whereas, like you know, Marvel, you can't tell which who directed what movie. They're all pretty similarly directed.
1: Well, credit hey. well, credits do as well. Um, what influenced DC in, initially was actually Christopher Nolan's universe, sort of that he's well the the, tri- the trilogy he's done. That was the blueprint that Warner Brothers people wanted to have. They wanted to have this sort of dark and gritty and grounded sort of ideas that Zack Snyder sort of elevated to something a little bit. More dark and theatrical, but that was the sort of blueprint. That you know, because Chris, Christopher Nolan, I think he produced Man of Steel, and I think he produced. um uh, no, I don't think he produced anything after that, but I think he produced Man of Steel at least. So he hey, was there.
0: For some, this will work for Marvel. For some, this will work against Marvel. Marvel would never hire David Ayer. DC definitely had the balls okay, to. Yes, Suicide what? Squad for life. Hey, we'll talk about <laughs> Uncut Gems, I think, soon. And yeah, of
2: course oh, it's going to we, be. We'll we live in a society so like don't we <laughs> That's
0: what it all comes down to and before we go any further let's hear a word about the sponsor for today's episode well, to round out ClapperCast, we like to end on the crew's latest film recommendations. It can be something you saw recently, something you just like in general. I'll start us off. I have a very, very, very weird one. Um, I've been on a big horror kick recently. I am just, little thing about me, I'm a little bitch. I don't like horror. I don't like jump scare horror, so I didn't see any of these things. But recently, recently, since rewatching all the M. Night Shyamalan films, I've been like, you know what? I just want to have some crazy horror. Last year, I watched all the Saw films, loved them. Uh, so I watched all the Paranormal Activity, all the Purge, movies all the final destination movies and one to stick out to me weirdly was paranormal activity 4 aka paranormal activity the marked ones this is genuinely one of the most fun films i've ever seen in my life this is just such like it is a horror film there are horror elements but this is like a really really charismatic really well written uh just like it's so fun i don't even want to like give it away it does tie into the paranormal activity universe if you like if you've seen the rest of these films you're going to enjoy it more at the end specifically but even if you haven't check this out it's genuinely just so much fun uh, but also if you have other horror series that are long and get crazy let me know because i want to check them out because i genuinely love these um, four or marked ones because these are two different films i think marked one is like three and a half uh isn't it isn't this the fourth one because it's no, there's, no no there's there's, there's four which one. is
1: just four and then there's and after that there was um, marked the, ones which was like yeah, a spin-off oh and then one.
0: the final one was six sorry i mean f- yep. this is the fifth one excuse me yeah. okay okay because the i was spin-off. thinking about final destination series where the fourth one they skipped the title that makes sense
1: but you know anyway like horror series that get crazy name one that it that doesn't get crazy halloween I, I would, friday the yeah. 13th Nightmare on elm street jaws child's play they all get nuts leprechaun that's a good one by the way oh
2: that's actually that's a good one <laughs> i would have to i just the marked one is one of the funniest films i've seen in my life
0: like i live for that shit it is unbelievable but it's like but ge- third, it's genuinely
1: well-written comic like it's really wild well the third one wasn't my favorite i think um there's a, oh. there's a great scene where they have the sort of panning camera and it's so well directed and the jump scare that get or the scare that gets out that you get out of this pretty pretty great
0: uh, sure. I mean, that's my second least favorite from the franchise. But the fan, the cam, <laughs> the fan cam is cool. The fan cam is cool. Oh, uh, Jakob, what's your recommendation? Okay, we'll put it on and cut gems. <laughs> I'll explain to you why I hate it. What is your thoughts, Jakob?
1: What's your recommendation? Um, well, I watched quite a few things that were kind of worth, I don't know, recommending. But I think I might as well just use this um as a as a shameless plug for the other show, uh, because for. The, and, and then well for Uncut Gems um, episode that will I'm trying to gauge this in time because this thing will release on Wednesday so by the time you're listening to this maybe if you're listening after after next, after next Friday then Uncut Gems will be already out so I would like to recommend The Three Burials of Melchized Estrada because this is an absolutely amazing film that for some reason just got lost in the shuffle and was released like 16 years ago, it was Tommy Lee Jones's directorial debut and it's just a blast and such a such a rich and inspiring sort of conversation of a film about like I don't know atonement revenge righteous anger and and so so many other things and Barry Pepper in it is absolutely amazing and Tommy Lee Jones is just amazing in everything he is and so definitely worth a watch
2: perfect Kyle Uh, so I've, I've watched a lot of good stuff as well recently but I'm gonna go with the I don't know how it's viewed in america like i don't know where you can watch it but it's the russell t Davies written it's a sin which was on channel four over here in the uk and it's all about it's a chronicle of like four friends and every episode skips a couple of years during the aids crisis and it just really took me by surprise because i wasn't a fan of the last thing russell t Davies did which was the weird um years and years thing which was a about like brexit and then it started becoming the like black Mirror and points but this is honestly it's fantastic it's one of the best mini series i've watched in quite a long time some real standout performances and it's just as you can imagine it's got some really eye-opening and gut-punching scenes but yeah again i don't know if you're in the uk it's on 40 O D. uh i have no clue where to watch it overseas but please seek it out if you can uh, in whatever capacity I, i'm sure it's got to release it because you know what i think it's hbo max there you go yeah wait it's, you
3: said years and years right i think well i, I watched mean, it on
2: it yeah it's, this is it's a sin which in the last one was years and years so i'm getting it okay, on the poster okay. it says max original so there you go i guess it is hbo max but yeah if you have hbo please check this out it's really fantastic there it is
0: and alexander
3: um so i have yeah a tv show um i guess so it's not like i mean people know who what it is but i don't think i think people have been sleeping on apple tv plus in general and, and ted lasso so ted lasso is my recommendation but um Apple TV is not worth paying the money for just because they have so little content, but what they do have, some of it's pretty quality. I guess Cherry is not so good, but I really, really enjoyed Ted Lasso. It's only, they only have one season so far. So it's like a pretty easy 10 episodes. I've been in like four days or something, but it's just the most wholesome sweet thing you've seen. Jason Sudeikis, honestly, this might be my favorite performance from him um it it really gets emotional at times also it's as well as being very funny it's kind of like Friday Night Lights but with more of a, a comedic um uh tilt I guess and uh yeah this just really really got to me and uh, just charmed me I guess it's um all the supporting characters are really fun to root for and fun to watch and uh I think that Golden Globe that Sudeikis won is deserved and I hope it wins a lot more awards because this one is is really uh, really fun.
0: Can I just say, I think Apple TV Plus, low key, is like when it comes to original content, one of the best streaming services. They rarely miss. Uh, Servant is also ending on there soon, or maybe it just ended the new season. I think that's a lovely show from M Night Shyamalan. Uh, I think they're just fantastic. So many people sleep on their
1: content. Uh, Same, but I wanted to ha- say this: Greyhound, Rocks on the Rocks, brilliant. Wolfwalkers, brilliant. I don't know, like I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> this is this good, this good content in there, but film-wise at least, until Cherry Drops.
0: Uh, I mean, we don't need to talk about Greyhound today, but the rest are great. Yeah. I agree. You don't like Greyhound, you don't know what you're missing.
1: But hey, <laughs> look uh, out for my review because I watched it like I don't know on Thursday.
0: Oh, you can listen to our Clappercast from like months ago when it first came out on that, and we didn't like
1: it, but that's I, fine. I, I vaguely remember this that you were just all shitting on this, but <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I had I had a very positive experience with it, but anyway. Yeah, sorry for barging in. Oh Over. no, <laughs> no worries uh that's gonna be it for this
0: week's episode of Clappercast. we're gonna find everyone on social media kyle where are you you can find me on twitter uh, at kyle gaff and i guess you could
2: sort of like a quick shout out to our youtube channel which is just clapper video which is we're trying to get as much content up there so but if you want to see all my absolute garbage ramblings it's just at kyle gaff on twitter
0: alexander
3: you can just find me on on Letterbox at uh, AJKH34, or just type in Alex Holmes.
1: Awesome, Jakob. Well, you can find me on Twitter, at talk about film, and then you can also find me on um, Letterbox. That's uh, just Jakob Flash, and you you should totally follow the other show at Uncle Jim's Pod. Shameless plug, I'm sorry. And you know you can find all my ramblings I think on Clapper and on FlashOnFilm.com.
0: Perfect. And you can find me, uh, Carson, on Twitter at BP underscore Movie Reviews or on Letterboxd, just Carson Tamar. And you can find all the latest releases of film intelligent reviewed at www.clapperltd.co.uk. You can find our social links on Facebook, Letterboxd, Twitter, YouTube, we're everywhere. Check us out. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and follow us to be notified when the next episode releases every single Wednesday. Thank you all for listening, and we'll be back next week to discuss all things cinema.